their businesses. Also, we have a business resource center that uh, provides uh, with lo uh, local businesses with, uh, with the skill set to uh, help or enhance uh, the, their, their businesses in a way that can uh, better promote their businesses, either by helping them build websites or uh, maintaining or updating uh, what is current with today's uh, uh, trends in, in uh, business communication. So, uh, and those are available as well. Uh, so going on to the next uh, three people, we're going to be Deborah Murphy, followed by Brian B, uh, followed by uh, David Newman. So Deborah, you are next to speak. Good day. Thank you very much, Metro staff, for the opportunity to make public comments. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm an urban designer and planner, founder of Los Angeles Walks, and I chair the City of Los Angeles Pedestrian Advisory Committee. So you can see my commitment to making streets safe for pedestrians. Um, my comments are gonna focus on the Eagle Rock section of the project. Um, I've been involved in the $16 million Rock the Boulevard project that will provide pedestrians, cyclists, and transit improvements on Eagle Rock Boulevard from Colorado Boulevard right here in Eagle Rock, um, connecting to this project all the way down to York Boulevard. That project's gonna propose proposes protected bike lanes for that one mile segment and he's being funded with metro's i-710 north of funding um so it's critical to tie these projects together so that transit riders cyclists pedestrians can have a continuous complete streets experience in, in eagle rock and connect to this important uh, brt project so i want to really thank metro for listening to the eagle rock community's uh, vision for the beautiful boulevard project that will make for a transformative, innovative, and comprehensive project that will help Metro achieve its visions for the project as a premier transit project. However, the refined F1 option doesn't go far enough. It needs to provide a truly complete streets project with true BRT-style buses that board from both sides and provides for uh, sidewalk-level protected bike lanes. We should provide, be providing the premier um, provisions here on Eagle Rock Boulevard and through this project area so that cyclists, kids, seniors, everybody can have a safe experience through that key part of um, Eagle Rock. The shade trees that um, provide a buffer between pedestrians and cyclists and provide important shade. Um, urban cooling is a really key consideration for this project um, and is a vital part of support that Caltrans and the California Transportation Commission um, have looked at for a similar project in Canoga Park, which was the highest um, ATP awarded project because it was transformative, innovative, and comprehensive, and that ties together transit, pedestrian, bike, and urban cooling improvements. So I really want to thank Metro for listening to the community and trying to create safe streets for all. So let's make sure that we get as many uh, sidewalk widenings throughout the project areas, do as many first last mile connections on the cross streets as Felicia mentioned. Um, let's look to those first last mile uh, funding opportunities and um, wherever we can find funds to make this a really complete uh, project in the neighborhoods as well as along the board. Thank you for the opportunity to make comments. Yes, thank you. Uh, we will go on to our next uh, three folks, which are Brian B, followed by David Newman, followed by Michael Sweeney. 
Uh, Brian B, you are being unmuted. If you can, you can start. All right. I hear you. Okay. Uh, my name is Brian Bress. I live on Loletta Avenue uh, in Eagle Rock. I've lived in Eagle Rock for uh, many, many years now. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for the uh, time to respond to this plan. And thank you to uh, Tito Corona and Scott Hartwell for your explanation. I'm a little late to the party as um, it, uh, this uh, last year has been uh, really taxing and draining on everybody. And we've been doing double duty um, all around. I'm sure everybody has been stressed. I know I have. I haven't had time to really pay attention to this project. So I apologize if I repeat questions or I'm a little late to the game. Um, my first question um, is you said that there was concern about traffic congestion um, from earlier comments from uh, residents of Eagle Rock. Um, and my first question is going to be, what about that? I mean, that there, I, as I see it and I experience it, I think traffic would become, uh, would slow to a crawl. I don't think there's enough people willing to take the bus or to bike to, um, to decrease traffic on Colorado Boulevard, nor do I think that um, any traffic diversion is gonna work because people are just gonna take Hill as a shortcut and they're gonna, it's gonna be a kind of uh, uh, surface streets uh, maze to get around the traffic congestion. Is As I see it, I'm not an urban planter. I'm not a, um, I'm not a, a traffic activist or, um, uh, um, or, or trying to support this project just based on idealism. I, and I, I really do appreciate the goals of the project. I am all for creating um, a more safer place to walk and a more beautiful environment. I think these are really good goals and I appreciate the intention of the project. I just worry that there's gonna be a lot of unintended traffic consequences on that stretch where you go down to one lane. Specifically, if you're parallel parking on Colorado Boulevard to visit one of these small local businesses, not a Starbucks, not a Jamba Juice, but you know, the, the, a local business on that street, you're gonna wanna parallel park there. A lot of them don't have parking lots. Their only parking is right in front. When you go to Ford Cafe, you're gonna park there. On your way home, you're gonna stop and grab some dinner to bring home to your family from work. And um, if you try to parallel park, right in front of four cafe you managed to find a spot well you're gonna stop there try to parallel park and then slow traffic down there's no way to get around you meanwhile if you're if you have a passenger from your illustration scott and maybe i have it wrong but the bike lane is now on the right side between the parking lane the parking uh, area and the sidewalk so that that person that passenger is going to open up a door not used to a bike line lane being they're usually they're they're on the 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 um, driver's side, so you're going to have a passenger opening their door to I, I, it would seem to block the bicyclists and perhaps clothesline them there. Usually, bicyclists at least if they see somebody's about to get out of the car, they at least have a little bit of room to go ride around that. Um, it, it just seems, and I'm not a cyclist. I'm sure a lot of you know the cyclists, especially ones who are who are activists, tr transit planners are gonna disagree and I'm ready to hear those those comments, but it just seems um, counterintuitive from like, just like a, a flow of bikes, people and cars that you're gonna make it. Sometimes you just can't fit everything you want into one space. And I feel like I, I appreciate the trees and the buses and the cars, 
and the and the the pedestrians. I, I know that they all need a beautiful and efficient way to get around, but that stretch of Eagle Rock at the Colorado Boulevard there, it seems like they're trying to squeeze way too much into it. And to just echo a point um, that was mentioned before about the, the voices that spoke up against this before COVID, I, I spoke to a lot of people on my block. They did not have time to come to this meeting because they are juggling care and their kids are not in school and they don't have time to come to these meetings or even be aware of it. So I think to sort of come to the conclusion that the community is in overwhelming support of this project during a time when most of them are overwhelmed with so many things on their mind is is a is not to really get a good idea of the um of the support or the lack of support for the the um beautiful boulevard um project i think that you have a lot of elderly people and a lot of less tech savvy people like as was said before who do not understand how to even get to this meeting and then you have a lot of people who have kids who are just trying to feed their kids dinner right now and they don't have they don't time or the bandwidth to deal with this. So I think that there needs to be a serious um, a serious public outreach during a time after COVID and really reach out to the community and really get a, a, an opinion. Because I think right now what you have is you have a you have a lot of idealist activists calling up, you know, and saying the same thing. I support the beautiful Boulevard project, and that's great. They should if that's what they believe, but I don't think that you have a true representation of the stakeholders in this project. And just another note, as a, as a, as a rendering, you've shown mature trees, and yes, they will help um, with urban cooling, but you're going to, but those renderings, I guarantee you the trees that they're going to plant there are not going to be providing shade for another 20 to 30 years. And by that time, I'm not sure what, <laughs> I mean, we're all going to be what, you know, getting into self-driving electric cars and maybe traffic won't be a problem. But I think that shade is really far off. And when you think about those renderings um, and you think about replacing mature trees with new trees, think about the actual shade that's already there. And I would say whatever way you go ahead with this, it's just somebody who really appreciates the trees that are already there. Think about saving those. I know you said you were going to try to, Scott, but I mean, really think about what kind of trees they would actually put in there and how young and what lack of shade that they would really provide. And then just one more question or comment. I think I really, I understand the comment about um, trying to save businesses and, and get them web, uh, like websites or something, but all of that effort at, at trying to come up with a way to publicize these businesses and everything, it's not gonna make a lot of difference in my opinion because People are still not going to be able to get to them. They're gonna, there's going to be scaffolding and trucks and construction guys, and people are just going to go the other way, and they're not. They're going to avoid that altogether. And as that happens, the way I see it is, we're get, we're going to lose our 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 local businesses. They're going to go out of business, and then the there'll be empty places there. And then after it's all done, and those businesses are gone and never coming back, you're going to have the Starbucks. And you're going to have the the chain places come in and swoop in, and we're going to have another boulevard that looks like any other street in any other town, and and that's not something I want to see. Anyway, thank you for listening to my long comments, and if you can answer any of those questions, if you remember them, um, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, again, uh, uh, where those are mostly comments, but uh, again, we are. 
we are also working with uh, construction. When construction happens, we do have uh, additional construction mitigation. Uh, you know, we have access to the businesses. We don't uh, prevent access. If not, we have provided proper signage to maintain the access. But uh, you did have to ask a question uh, about uh, parallel parking, which is another question that we received uh, via text as well. So we'll be answering two questions in one here. Uh, Scott, if you can uh, address that question about parallel parking in the area where there's one lane, uh, how's, how do we address that? And also, uh, I guess uh, he asked about a little bit more about the uh, uh, the traffic impacts that were brought up during the uh, roundtables. Can you please address those? Yeah, so what I would actually like to do is um, I'd like to defer to uh, Brent Ogden on our technical team to answer. I think those two questions are somewhat related in terms of the overall traffic effects. But before we get there, I'd also just like to um, respond to the, the design of the bike lanes and the concern about parking cars and doors opening and, and dooring uh, um, cyclists, as it's known. The curb running bicycle lanes that we are proposing are, are wide. They include a buffer. It's not just the bike lane itself. It's actually a very wide space. It's similar to the width of the current bike lanes. So there would be sufficient rooms for cyclists to operate in those lane, lanes without worrying about uh, that particular hazard. So Brent, uh, feel free to, to weigh in on the traffic effects. Sure, well, I mean, clearly if someone is doing a parking maneuver, the cars behind are gonna have to wait if there's one lane. So there could be some uh, pause in the traffic movement when someone's doing a parking maneuver. Uh, very often, you know, when you find that you're held up on the street by a delivery vehicle or any other vehicle, uh, the real congestion occurs at the signalized intersections and often you catch up with everybody else at the next traffic light. But uh, that's part of the aspect of taking it down to one lane and slowing the traffic down. All right, uh, thank you, Brent. Um, so we have the, the next three folks uh, who will be David Newman, followed by Michael Sweeney, followed by Lionel. Uh, just to let everybody know, we do have quite a few hands that are raised, and uh, we, this meeting is until 7 p.m., so we, we want to make sure to get to as many folks as possible who have their hands raised. So please, uh, you can be uh, shorter with your questions so we can be able to uh, to uh, appropriately address them and answer them. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated so we can uh, answer as many questions from, from the many uh, people who are in attendance that have their hands raised. So with that, I'm going to uh, Mr. Daniel David Newman. If you can uh, speak, we are unmuting you. Thank you, can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Wonderful. Uh, thank you for hosting this event. Um, I, I wanna echo what Brian just said. Uh, my hope is that there will be further opportunities for comment from the, the widespread community, particularly for residents who cannot reasonably expect it to attend a, a 5 p.m. meeting due to work or childcare duties, et cetera. Uh, frankly, I, I'm, I'm a little shocked that, that Metro had three private meetings with Eagle Rock quote unquote stakeholders meetings that were not publicly noticed and with people who support this new plan, but then Metro sets a single public meeting at 5 p.m. after revisions or what you're calling refinements have been made to the, to the plan. That seems pretty one-sided and a little disingenuous in terms of getting public opinion. Uh, in any event, I'm gonna to speak to the Eagle Rock section of the plan. It's an area where I lived for over a decade. As I mentioned, you, you talk about refinements to a quote-unquote community-developed proposal uh, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, to say the least. They are certainly not refinements, and it's not a community-developed proposal. Metro spent years seeking input from the community. 
that is actual community members, not people pretending to represent the community, people purporting to act in the best interest of the community, or people that you continuously refer to as stakeholders, but we have no idea who they actually are. Actual Eagle Rock residents made clear through almost a year and a half of open meetings that, they, that the majority of them did not want Colorado reduced to one lane of traffic. In fact, for those that may have forgotten, when the reduction of traffic lanes was indicated as a real possibility by Metro, there was such an outcry from the community that Supervisor Solis's office set another community meeting with Metro at Oxy, which Solis attended and was given an earful by the community about this drastic plan. I mean, let's face it, we've got a, a few small groups that are pushing their own agenda and are doing so in what I think is a pretty disingenuous way. Particularly this group known as Eagle Rock Forward that's offered what people have consistently referred to as the beautiful Boulevard plan. Again, you've been referring to this as community developed, although I'm part of the community and I never even gave any input to this plan. They created a slick website and supposedly lots of people supported the website and clicked on the, the link that said support it. But we have no idea where they're from, if they're from Eagle Rock, if they live here, if they work here. Um, and the biggest question is why are they coming in after the fact? All of this is coming in after the DIR was proposed. They had 18 months to offer a, this kind of thing and they didn't do it. It's an end run around what is clearly, what, what had been a, a very democratic process. But my biggest concern and what I'd like Metro to answer is, do they even know who these so-called stakeholders are in terms of versus the regular population? Like who's involved in Eagle Rock Forward and who's pushing this beautiful Boulevard plan? As far as the public is concerned, there's not a single name, business, or organization that can be linked to the Eagle Rock Forward group or the beautiful Boulevard plan. And unfortunately, that appears to be intentional. Uh, and I hope Metro has taken note of this. Through social media posts, it's evident that several people involved with Eagle Rock Forward are also members of the ERNC Land Use and Planning Committee, including the co-chairs. That relationship was never adequately disclosed to the public. But while those individuals were voting on behalf of the ERNC for BRT-related issue, including votes that ultimately may have led to Metro's undoing of the original plan, they were also developing and supporting this so-called community developed plan that includes a single traffic lane. There's a real stench of a conflict of interest, and I'm, I hope that the Metro is aware that its, its input from these so-called stakeholder groups really doesn't involve the community and really doesn't involve what the community has to say. I hope that gives plenty of pause to Metro. And, and I really hope that they, they rethink this plan, they go back to the drawing board in terms of getting actual community input the way they had done for the 18 months preceding the DEIR, and they understand that there's probably a huge cost of litigation coming down the pipe if they stick with one lane of traffic. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Uh, again, we will go on to the next three people, which are uh, Michael Sweeney, followed by Lionel M, followed by Martin Leitner. And again, uh, just let everybody know, again, we have, uh, we have until 7 o'clock tonight, and uh, we have over 220 uh, folks in attendance that, and many of them have their hands raised. So we want to we want to make sure that we can uh, get to as many folks as possible. So uh, please uh, go ahead and uh, ask your questions or make your comments, and then we will uh, move forward. Michael Sweeney, you are uh, unmuted, if you can speak. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, so I'm, I'm Mike Sweeney. I'm a, a, a homeowner here in Eagle Rock. I'm also a transit rider. But when I before I was working from home, I was a transit rider. And I'm going to start with a question, and then I'm going to explain why I think it's so important. I want to talk. I want to ask Metro 
how in your process for this do you center safety? Because, you know, the reason that so many that many people signed on for the beautiful boulevard, including the reason that the PTAs of Dahlia, Rockdale, Eagle Rock High, um, Eagle Rock um, Elementary, and also the Montessori is supporting it, is because the current boulevard is fundamentally unsafe in a lot of ways. The crossing times take forever. The bike lanes are terrifying if you're biking with a kid. Um, Dahlia has for years pushed to get a, a crosswalk at Dahlia because of accidents in the past and fear accidents that are kind of easily foreseeable. Um, I think that the beautiful boulevard, which I was involved with in, in, in some ways, I think it starts to answer some of those questions that, that by, we need to slow down traffic to make it safer. And I'm disappointed that Metro's options didn't, didn't really seem to include safety as a priority. So as I said, this isn't the only line Metro's building. And if we, if we zoom out to the rest of the, of the, of the length of the boulevard, a lot of the areas in Burbank look also, I wouldn't say that they look like uh, safety is in the top of the priority list. So that's my, that's my comment. That's my question. And again, I think the important part is when we talk about people who are here, this, you know, all of the PTAs have signed on. It's not just, it's not just adults who this affects. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, uh, Scott, uh, you can, uh, uh, I think we're also gonna call Brent on this. Uh, how can you, uh, can you uh, discuss the safety and how uh, it's part of the design process when, when, when we're moving with a project like this as far as uh, designing it? Yeah, I'll, I'll say a few things and then I'll um, hand it over to Brent. So yeah, I mean, there's a number of safety improvements that are included in our project. A lot of the same improvements that were included in our original F1 project when that was center running as well. Um, a number of left turn improvements that would be made, including closing off a lot of those breaks and medians um, east of sort of Eagle Rock Boulevard, where you, you do see these islands and people are making left turns and there's an insufficient amount of space to do so. So the back of vehicles are often um, hanging out into uh, the, the traffic lanes. So as part of this concept, we would be closing those breaks, which will be a safety enhancement. There's other intersections that will be able to lengthen left turn pockets and actually in some cases be able to provide median protected turn pockets as well. Uh, we have a few different um, new signalized crosswalks that we're proposing in Eagle Rock, um, as well as an upgraded, a rectangular flashing beacon at Formosa that would also become a fully signalized crosswalk. So those are some of the uh, types of improvements that we're envisioning. Uh, Brent, did you want to weigh in? Well, you, you pretty much, you know, hit the high points on the safety improvements. I mean, safety is the number one priority. So we're maintaining the uh, buffers with the bike lanes. And as you said, we're increasing the number of signalized crossings. Uh, we're adding signalized crosswalks, making the turning movement safer. Uh, all these things are uh, intended to improve safety um, and maintaining minimum lane widths. Uh, this project has not yet been designed, but when it is designed, it will conform to all of the uh, recommended practices for safe street design. Thank you, Brent. Uh, we will. Uh, we have three, a few more questions, but I did want to address another one that was received in writing uh, by a text message from one of our phone uh, dial people dialing in by phone. And one of the things they asked us to clarify is that uh, there's a there is 
misleading photo that looks like there are two lanes, but it's actually one lane plus a parking lane. Uh, and I'm assuming this is referring to Eagle Rock and creating more support for Eagle Rock towards the East proposal. Uh, their question is pretty much, what are the chances of bringing back the two lane concept? Well, um, first of all, to, to address the rendering, um, I'm, I'm assuming that's the zone, the, the second sort of middle rendering that we have near Maywood. Um, we, we, we do show the one traffic lane in, in each direction and we show a parking lane with the little parking uh, markings on there, the stall markings there to sort of separate out that so you can, so you can see it. Um, this is the concept that uh, staff is recommending to the board or is planning to recommend to the board. And we are anxious to hear all of your feedback tonight um, and uh, nothing is final until we go to the board. It's ultimately up to them to, to select a project. Thank you, Scott. And uh, so we will have the next three people speak, which are Lionel, Emma as in Mary, Martin Leiter, and Elise Kalfayan. Uh, uh, I do wanna also confirm with folks that we, you know, that we have uh, uh, this is our, our additional meeting that we're having. Again, the information that was presented here has also been shared with the stakeholder roundtable. Uh, the information is pretty much available for everybody on the project webpage uh, beginning tomorrow at metro.net slash nohopassbrt. So with that, let's unmute uh, Lionel. Lionel, you are able to speak. Can you unmute yourself? There you go. Hi, um, good afternoon. Thank you for having me today in this meeting. I'm calling to um, support the idea of having the beautiful boulevard project. Is that right? Because I live nearby North Hollywood and I like the idea of, of adding more safety and, and increasing, you know, um, the time it gets from North Hollywood or from the Valley to Pasadena. I like the idea, but I also, I would like to bring up echo what Brian B said about certain locations and a route adding too much. I think he was referring to adding too much things and maybe that was my concern because he did raise a good point about that. Um, and maybe we could somehow uh, maybe scale back a little bit on certain locations, certain, certain routes. But, but in theory, I like the idea of adding more safety for bicyclists because I myself, um, I'm not a um, bicyclist on a regular, um, you know, I'm not regular, but I do bicycle once in a while. And I like the idea of adding more safety and, and more shade, more trees or maintaining the trees that are already there. Um, and maybe adding a dedicated dedicated bus lane that will um, make it quicker to get from the valley, from North Hollywood to Pasadena. But yeah, my concern is what Brian be echoing, what Brian said about maybe certain areas adding too much. That's my comment and my question. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Lionel. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, that, that uh, your comments are are, are taken uh, and we will be uh, addressing that. Scott, did you have any additional comments to, based on what was uh, mentioned here? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I do in this particular case. Um, I'm not sure if it was a specific enough question for me to address. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it sounded like it was pretty much uh, echoing um, the the importance of uh, of safety and um, having it uh, be similar to their one of the proposed uh, uh, alignments. So, with that, let's go on to our next three folks, which are 
Martin Leitner, followed by Elise uh, Kalfarian, and then followed by a person, uh, it just says Kim. So uh, let's, go, let's go next to Martin. Uh, you are able to speak. Uh, you're unmuted. Yes. Hi, this is, this is Martin Leitner. I'm a uh, resident of Burbank. I'm strongly in favor of this BRT project and excited about this uh, additional transportation op uh, uh, choice coming to my neighborhood. Um, the station at or near Buena Vista is going to be the most important station for Burbank resident access onto this line for anyone who lives in the western part of Burbank. And uh, looking at the proposed reroute to Alameda and uh, Buena Vista, that relocation is a significant impediment for anyone walking or biking to the stop from the north. Uh, it, it requires a rerouting to major streets, major intersections. Um, my questions are one, have you uh, studied and quantified the effects of this relocation? And two, are you considering any additional uh, features if, if this relocation happened to improve access from north of Olive? Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Uh, did you uh, get that question about uh, studying the, the relocation at the Buena Vista um, as far as improvements and what type of improvements we would be making there? It sounds like it's going to be a very uh, popular uh, stop for this project. Yeah, so the, the decision or the recommendation to consolidate the stops to Alameda and Naomi was in response to um, comments uh, we received from the city during the EIR comment period, they kind of laid out the reasoning as to why they would pre prefer this reroute. And so we, we did look into the feasibility. Um, we, we haven't you know, laid it out at a, at a conceptual design level yet at this stage, uh, we will do that. Um, but we have looked at how this could work in terms of the bus lanes, and uh, the turning movements involved with the reroute and, uh, and then where we could put a stop um, along Alameda that would work. And we did identify this Alameda and Naomi as a place where there is platform space and in a way the buses could come in, serve the passengers and then, and then, uh, and then get going again. Um, the, the stops that we consolidated, including the one at Olive and Alameda and the one at Olive and Buena Vista, they are pretty close to this new stop. They're, they're just about, um, about three-tenths of a mile roughly um, from from Buena Vista, for example, and all of to this new station would just be about three tenths of a mile. And then again, we did add this uh, the stop over at Verdugo for residents who are a little closer to that area to be able to access. Uh, so that's that's kind of the furthest extent as to where we are in in analyzing it, and, and we'll continue to to kind of flush out how it would look um, as we go. And then again, with first last mile, um, we we do uh, assist cities with first last mile planning. So this could be potentially another opportunity um, for us to assist in those planning efforts. Thanks, Scott. Uh, I'm going to move on to our next question, uh, which is going to be Elise uh, Kelfayan, followed by Kim, followed by Topher. So Elise, if you can unmute yourself again, um, we are uh, we have quite a bit of folks that have questions. So if you can uh, go ahead and start asking your questions, we can sounds like we can hear you right now. Okay, thank you. Hello, I'm uh, on the steering committee of the Glendale Environmental Coalition and we support the three zone approach on Colorado Boulevard through Eagle Rock 
and Metro's work to incorporate this so that the BRT can provide true connectivity and access for each of our communities. Um, I personally consider myself a stakeholder on this project and I've attended meetings about it since 2019. This project stretches across the city I live in and as presented here with the refinements, it gives me and my neighbors in Glendale as well as people in Burbank, North Hollywood and Pasadena who again are all also stakeholders, better access and connectivity through Eagle Rock, which is the purpose. The purpose for the entire BRT is connectivity all the way around. I had one question with respect to the Glendale Center median portion. I do think we should no longer have so much grass in that median that needs to be watered and cut, but I would hope there could be some landscaping such as native drought tolerant trees and plants. So my question is, will the center dedicated bus lanes uh, in Glendale on Glen Oaks take up all the median space that exists now, or will there be landscaping around the dedicated lanes and stops? So on Glen Oaks, where we have the median running lanes, we will not be impacting the medians for the most part. Really the only area where the medians will have to be sort of squeezed down is, is at the noses of the intersections where they're already typically narrower anyway, in order to make room for, for some of the, the improvements we have going on there. Um, the, the vast majority of the stretches, however, where you have the real wide medians and the large trees, those will be unaffected. We won't be touching those. So we'll actually just be running the buses adjacent to the existing medians. Thank you, Scott. We will go to our next person uh, to, to ask their question, uh, which is Topher, followed by Patricia Vaganel, uh, followed by, I'm sorry, it is Kim, then Topher. So Kim, if you can uh, please uh, speak, you are being unmuted. Hi, sorry, you. Madonna. Hi, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can okay, hear Okay, sorry about that. Of course, my dog started to bark right then. Um, thank you, Sandia. This is Kim Margolino. I've been to all these meetings. You guys know me. Um, I want to say that I and most of the people I've spoken to uh, are very, very opposed to even thinking about taking Colorado down to one lane in any part of Colorado. There's a fire station right there. And as we saw when there was a fire a couple of years ago here, uh, it's really, really hard and really dangerous to get to try to get out of Eagle Rock. And uh, as I, I strongly echo what David Newman and Brian B, Brian Brest said, everything they said about parking, reversing into a spot, it's gonna hold up the whole street if there is an emergency and those fire trucks are out all the time in Colorado and uh, if somebody's just trying to back into a spot and it's five o'clock, I think it's super, super dangerous. And I don't think that uh, slowing down the boulevard is worth the potential damage that could come uh, from having just one lane on a, on a very, very, very busy street. And also, I did have a question about the budget. I know that 267 million is allocated for Measure M, but the the what is being proposed by the beautiful Boulevard sounds like that 267 is a drop in the bucket. What is the actual budget for this project? That's what I'd really like to know because it seems like uh, this is the, what, what's allocated is nothing compared to 
these great, it looks beautiful, the trees and all that, but as somebody said earlier, those are mature trees. So it's gonna take 20 years for it to actually look like that. What we're talking about are planting little saplings. And uh, I just don't see uh, how, how the budget is going, where the money is coming from. So I would like to know what the actual budget is. Okay, thank you, Kim. Scott, can you um, uh, speak on the uh, budget and how much is allocated and pretty much um, if you have any any initial numbers as to what we're looking at? I know that uh, we have a limited budget for this project and it's, 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 it's not intended to go up any any bit. So I wanted to confirm that with you and also if you can uh, speak on the question that Kim had. Yeah, so a couple of things related to the budget. Yeah, $267 million is the Measure M amount we have for this project. We do also have um, an SB1 grant as well that is designed to sort of cover some potential cost escalation and cost increases beyond that $267 million up to an additional $50 million. Uh, so we, we do have some of that money to work with potentially if it's needed. I also would like to um, address a comment about the emergency vehicle situation. Now, emergency vehicles like fire engines would be able to access the bus lanes. So from their standpoint, there's still two lanes in each direction with this concept. All emergency vehicles will be able to get in those lanes. It's not like the orange line, for example, further uh, west where you have sort of a separated right of way that cannot physically be accessed. These lanes will, will be on the street and emergency vehicles will be able to access them as they need them. Thank you, Scott. And um, uh, I think that was the, the most of the questions. I think there was another question about the, no, no, we, we, we discussed it. it, was about the funding. Okay, so let's go to the next three people. Again, I, I'm sorry if I'm trying to uh, get to as many people as possible, but we are limited. So here, let's go, we're gonna go to Topher, followed by Patricia uh, Boganel followed by John. So Topher, uh, we're unmuting you, if you can speak. Hi, my name is Topher. Um, I live in Pasadena and I'm a transit user. I also use bike as uh, a means for me to get to and from the metro stations. Um, I really enjoy the concept they have for the beautiful boulevards. Um, Sidelock level protected bike lanes are kind of just uh, the premium um, when it comes to infrastructure. Um, so I'm just curious as to why, uh, if they're gonna put, you guys are gonna put a car protected bike lanes on a portion of Colorado Boulevard, um, why not just make that a uh, sidewalk level? Um, it seems like that would solve a lot of issues, especially uh, on the downside, the downhill part. Um, I think individuals riding their bikes would slow down a little bit more if it was uh, curb level, as opposed to if it was like in between the gutter and the bike, bike uh, the parked cars. Um, but over to Pasadena, um, I'm just curious whether or not the city, uh, Metro has any uh, options for uh, first mile, last mile solutions, um, particularly for uh, north-south connections to the stops. Um, there's a couple areas in which we have bike lanes that don't connect to anything um, once you go south of the freeway. Um, so just curious if there's any funding opportunities or potentials to do any first mile, last mile solutions in Pasadena with the associated um, uh, uh, stops for the BRT. Thank you, Scott. Uh, can you uh, speak on the uh, first last mile uh, opportunities that we have? Uh, uh, and he's asking specifically to Pasadena, but I'm guessing it applies to many areas along the whole alignment. Yeah, so a, a couple of things. One, the, the focus of the BRT project is the area immediately around the stations where we could do some improvements, some pedestrian type uh, and, and bike improvements, again, immediately around the stations. 
As far as sort of a greater first last mile type footprint, as I've mentioned before, we do have a robust first last mile program at Metro that uh, does look to assist cities with opportunities for first last mile planning, whether it's grant assistance and helping them find funding or actually doing some of the planning legwork. So we could certainly and, and would look into that along the corridor, including in Pasadena. Um, as far as the, the bike lanes along Colorado are concerned, um, I'll, I'll turn it over to Brent in a minute to weigh in on some of the technical feasibility issues. I know there were some, and we kind of looked at it from a high level concept. Um, also from, again, a budget level concept, when you're talking about sort of a, a sidewalk raised uh, bike lane, you're, you're talking about something that could be extremely expensive and, and not fit within our budget. Brent, do you want to weigh in? Well, I, yeah, I think, um couple of concerns would be um, if the bicycle lanes are raised to sidewalk level, it means extensive reconstruction of the roadway. So the construction impacts would be far greater and a longer construction period. Uh, I think there would be concerns about the disruption uh, to provide that um, feature. And there also would be then greater opportunities for conflicts between bicycles and pedestrians at the intersections where we're already very tight for space because we're trying to accommodate right turning vehicles. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not quite sure whether it's fully feasible to actually raise the, the bike lanes up like that. Um, we can certainly look at the protected bike path concepts and see if we can incorporate some of those solutions, but it really hasn't been fully designed yet. So that would be something that we considered more during the preliminary engineering phase. Thank you, Brent. Uh, the next three people to, to ask their questions will be Patricia uh, Walganel, followed by John, and followed by Cheryl Weaver. So Patricia, if you can uh, unmute yourself, you are able to speak. Hi, Hi. thank you. I, I don't see a picture of me, but that's okay. Um, first, I wanted to say thank you, Scott, Tito, and Brett. Um, first of all, let me organize my thoughts I, since I've been able to see how this meeting is being held. Um, so I'd like to make a couple of comments. And then after that, I'd like to ask one question. Um, first of all, uh, my concerns are I, um, I am a stakeholder. I am a real stakeholder. I own a house on College View. I own a business in Eagle Rock for 20 years, Swart Coffee on the corner of Eagle Rock in Colorado. Um, I have been there from 7 a.m. to 3, 3 p.m. every day uh, since the pandemic hit. Um, the bike lanes are hardly used. Um, the bike corral that it was placed in front of the store, never used. Um, I'm concerned. I'm, I, I'm really a stakeholder here and I you know, I'm concerned because I know once the BRT comes through, the zoning changes. So that means we can start building multi-level apartment buildings on Colorado. And perhaps that's the agenda underneath everything. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I'm concerned about um, business interruption. And I'm hoping that the BRT is able to distribute the, obviously the inter interruption fund. Um, but I want to ask you a question, which is really important to me because I've, I'm, I'm a cyclist also, so I'm a huge biker. And I used to bike around the LA River and it's gone. It's completely been overtaken by the homeless. And it's so sad to see that, but that's, you know, that's our affordable housing issues that we need to also address. 
Um, I wanted to send a shout out real quick to Brian B and David Newman, as well as Kim. Um, I think that these uh, speakers were rock stars. I'm just saying. And so my question to you, as a stakeholder, I'm, I don't live in another country. I don't live in another city. I live in Eagle Rock. I raised my kids here. They went to Eagle Rock High. They went to Eagle Rock Elementary. So I'm really a person here that matters, okay? So when you guys talk about the people, um, the stakeholders, who are they? Who are they? Um, my question to you is, this is a question, please. Tito, you did not answer any of David Newman's questions, so please answer this. Um, when can we have a meeting with people, real people, that actually live in the community and have businesses on Colorado Boulevard? That's it. Thank you for your question. Again, this this is an opportunity uh, that we're having today to, to meet with all the stakeholders, uh, to hear uh, your questions, and uh, to take your comments today. Uh, again, the, the stakeholder groups meetings were are were presented the same information that we have today, uh, specific to Eagle Walk, but uh, today we're we're opening it up for the whole corridor. So the information that you were getting here today, again, um, I'm, thank you for, for for participating. I understand that there are uh, many sacrifices that people make. Uh, to uh, to be at, at these meetings and especially right now with COVID and the impacts that we have to to, to, to small businesses, uh, you know, thank you again for participating. And we will continue to uh, have dialogue with with folks. But um, again, we we have this meeting here tonight. That's what this is for to, to hear from you and to take your input and your comments uh, as well. So uh, I, hopefully that's uh, able to address that. But uh, pretty much that's what this meeting is for. It's pretty much to hear from everybody. Um, that uh, wasn't able to make it to other meetings, uh, but this is a, this is your opportunity. Uh, so with that, let's go to the next three folks, which are John, followed by Cheryl Weaver, followed by uh, Nurse Barbara. So John, you are being unmuted if you can speak. Yes, hello. Uh, questions about the time frame and whether a study has been done uh, as to what the drive time is currently going from Eagle Rock Boulevard to the 134 on-ramp uh, and what it would be with these proposals uh, during morning drive time, midday, and also evening, and also going the opposite way. And second question is, one number of people brought up about parallel parking. Uh, bigger issue to me is Trader Joe's. Uh, going east on Colorado Boulevard, every day uh every day many times a day there are people who are trying to get into the parking lot there and they are backed up onto colorado boulevard if there's only one lane there that is going to back up traffic out for a long period of time thank you thank you john those are pretty good questions that again uh, scott and brent can you address these questions uh, they're particular to drive time uh with uh with Colorado, if it goes down to one lane, um, what's the anticipated uh, drive time that we're looking at? And also a traffic impacts the Trader Joe's, which uh, I, I've driven by there and there seems to always be a line out the door waiting to, to go in. So uh, can you address those two uh, questions that uh, that we had? Sure, Brad, would you mind commenting on that? Well, we, we don't have uh, the analysis of the impact on drive times at this point in the process. Um, if we move forward, there will be some additional traffic analysis that's done in accordance with the city of Los Angeles requirements, and that would be uh, some of the information that could become available. Uh, 
I, I appreciate the uh, comment about Trader Joe's. I have the one that I have nearest to me I don't go to because of those types of issues. But um, we, we sometimes when we, when we do the final design, we make you know tweaks to the configuration uh, to allow those things to operate a little bit better. So we can take a look exactly how the traffic is channeled by Trader Joe's to see if we can do anything to keep it moving there. All right, thank you, Brent. Again, thank you for, for your questions. It's, uh, we're, we're hearing your questions and your comments about uh, traffic concerns and the impacts uh, along Colorado, uh, primarily from uh, Eagle Rock. So uh, next three folks will be Cheryl Weaver, followed by Nurse Barbara, followed by Stephen Kai. So Cheryl, you are being unmuted if you can uh, speak. Cheryl, I think you have to unmute on your end. There we go. I hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. OK, great. Cheryl Weaver, stakeholder of Eagle Rock, long-term stakeholder. I work and live in Eagle Rock. I have been following this whole, whole um, process uh, for a couple of years now. Um, I wanted to, first of all, echo 100% support in everything that David Newman, Brian B., Kim, and Patricia Brown has said. I won't reiterate that, but I will ask that since in the draft EIR, in all in your F1, F2, and F3 options, none of them included reduction to one lane anywhere within Eagle Rock. Was that ever studied prior to implementing the beautiful boulevard pro, you know, community supposedly um, um, presentation? Um, I'm also wondering if Metro is aware that Beautiful Boulevard presentation was only presented to a group of people that they basically knew would support their um, plan. It was never, ever, ever support presented to the community at large for input or for suggestions whatsoever. Um, and with that caveat, um, did. In addition, did you know that during your community roundtable meetings, of which I was invited to, I attended, and any opposition voices that were were there against the beautiful Boulevard plan were absolutely suppressed. Um, so the community, even those that wanted to put input into it that did not necessarily agree 100% with the beautiful Boulevard plan, um, had no voice. Um, I'm also wondering if uh, Metro has looked at what they're going to do about the congestion at Broadway and Harvey. Um, there's already a tremendous amount of congestion of people wanting to get on and off the freeway there, adding the BRT, taking away lanes, supposedly trying to divert traffic onto the freeway, which I don't believe much traffic going through color through Eagle Rock is um, going to go on the freeway. They're really going to locals, you know, destinations in Eagle Rock, Highland Park, LaSalle Park, Mount Washington. That's where they're headed. Um, wondering if they've studied any of that either. Thank you, Cheryl. Scott, uh, so there were a couple questions here uh, that were asked. Well, there were a few actually, but I think the, the uh, let me make sure I got these right. Uh, was the first one was was one lane uh, was was uh, having Colorado at, into one lane? 
uh, studied before um, uh, the, e the draft EIR happened or at any point before that, uh, our current uh, proposal? Yeah, it, it was studied at a higher level, yes. Um, it, was, it was looked at in the technical study uh, predating our, our alternatives analysis. And then we, we did uh, study it again at a high level for the alternatives analysis. It did not, um, the concept did not uh, make it into the EIR. We were at that point kind of responding to a lot of the comments that we had heard to date, um, including concerns about potential congestion. Um, and, uh, and, and based on a lot of those initial comments, we developed the proposals that we had for the draft EIR. Thanks, Scott. I think there's a follow-up question about um, the study on congestion at Broadway and Harvey. Is there any study or any, uh, do we have any information on that? Right, would you mind commenting on well, that? Well, there's no change to the traffic configuration at Broadway and Harvey because the buses would be turning there in mixed flow. So um, it's really very similar to the current uh, operation of buses through that intersection. All right, thank you. Um, so we are at 6.45 and again, uh, let's keep going and get as many questions here and comments as possible. So the next three are going to be Nurse Barbara, followed by Stephen Kia, followed by John G. So uh, Barbara, if you can um, speak or unmute yourself, you've been, you're able to speak. Sure. Hi, um, my name is Barbara Klein. I'm a long-time long Eagle Rock resident and homeowner. Uh, thank you for all the updates. However, um, my question is at this time, okay, let me just, um, my concern first and then my question. At this time, west of Eagle Rock Boulevard, we have two lanes each way. And now it would be one, that's what you're saying, Lane. Th this would build conge uh, congestion, especially with the frequent accidents on the 134 freeway. Uh, since Colorado is the main vein, all cars exit when there are accidents. Uh, most get off the freeway and take Colorado to either enter Glendale or Pasadena. My question is, can we have you enforce a temporary maybe three weeks minimum closure of each of one lane on both sides of Colorado running from Eagle Rock Boulevard to where the buses would enter the freeway to Pasadena to be able to assess the increased congestion of cars prior to construction being started. This would let us as a community and Metro see if congestion increases stays the same. Um, can you please make this happen so you can understand it from Eagle Rock's point of view and why we wanted the buses to go via the freeway and bypass Eagle Rock. So maybe can you answer us as the Eagle Rock community and enforce this closure so we all can see how it truly will affect our community? That's my question. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Barbara, again for, for your question and th thank you again for for uh, your services again as a uh, first responder and also for, for everything that's going on right now with COVID. Uh, Scott, can you ask uh, answer this question about, uh, it sounds like she's asking for like a simulation for a couple of weeks of one lane in each direction in the proposed area. Is that possible? And and what's the, uh, how can that be made, or how can that happen if it is? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if I can answer that question, uh, to be honest with you. Um, that sounds to me like maybe more of a question for the city of LA, since it is city of LA right of way. Uh, if that's something that they would be open to, then, then, then maybe they could consider that and, and we could do something like that. Okay, thank you. So we'll, we'll share that uh, comment again with city of LA folks to, for, for your request. You know, Scott, there was another question that uh, I don't know if you were able to address. Uh, that, I, that it just occurred to me about the city of LA was, which was the potential upzoning uh, that the BRT or the perception that the BRT would bring upzoning 
uh, with uh, the implementation of this project, meaning that it would allow for, uh, I guess, uh, high rises or anything else to happen like that. It, you know, can you uh, address that uh, briefly before we go into our next questions? Sure, yeah, and this, and this is something that's come up um, periodically from, from when we started this project. First off, a metro does not have any authority over zoning. That's something that the city of LA controls in, in conjunction with the communities that they work with to sort of figure out what zoning is appropriate for the corridor. Uh, I would also add um, that there is a, a Colorado Boulevard specific plan that is in, a pla in, that is in place. It is, um, it's, it's still in effect and it, it would apply regardless of whether the BRT uh, were to come in or not. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the uh, the high level answer to that. And, and we Metro, um, we don't we don't own any property along uh, the corridor, um, so we don't have any joint development plans or, or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay, thanks, Scott. Again, let's go to our next uh, three questions. Uh, three three uh, folks that are asking questions. We have Stephen Kia followed by John G followed by Ryan G. So Stephen, uh, if you can unmute yourself, uh, you're able to speak. Hi, um, this is Stephen Kia. Thank you very much for this presentation. It's been very helpful actually to get the broad overview. I, I would echo uh, some of the thoughts about the timing of uh, this presentation being particularly inconvenient for parents <laughs> who are trying to uh, get their kids ready for, for the evening. But it, as it so happens, I'm able to be on the call and so I appreciate this. Um, I am a co-owner of Rock Coffee House over on Yosemite and Townsend in Eagle Rock. I've been uh, invested as a stakeholder in this community for over 20 years. I'm also one of those PTA dads that uh, signed on to the uh, beautiful Boulevard proposal and uh, have a couple of kids in Eagle Rock Elementary. I just wanted to echo my support for the beautiful Boulevard proposal and for the refinements as they've been included um, by Metro. Um, I like to bike with my kids and I'm also an avid runner. And so the idea of taking my kids out for a bike ride and a run along that stretch of Colorado Boulevard terrifies me <laughs> as it's set up right now. And so I'm really happy to see the protected bike lanes in particular. One thing I would like to see is, as has been mentioned, the sidewalk level protected bike lanes um, as something that we would definitely put into use as members of the community. Definitely running alongside my kids as they ride in the protected bike lane is something I could just uh, really look forward to. Uh, so that's my comments um, and I guess I'll leave it at that. Thank you for your comments. Uh, so the next uh, folks to speak will be John G, Ryan G, and then Jose Alabaso. So John, if you can unmute yourself, you're able to speak. Yes, hi, thank you. Thank you, Tito, thank you, Scott. Um, I'm an Eagle Rock homeowner, uh, live up on College View, so I guess that qualifies me as a real stakeholder. Um, I just wanna echo my support for the beautiful Boulevard project and, and the proposal here. Um, I think it's a once in a generation opportunity to transform Colorado into a pedestrian family and business friendly, friendly space. I would um, echo some earlier comments about incorporating first mile, last mile options uh, and the Rock the Boulevard plan into the design of this project. Um, as been mentioned many times, 
uh, biking on Eagle Rock Boulevard and, and Colorado Boulevard are, are quite hazardous right now. Um, if we are able to create safe spaces for bikes, um, my family, we're showing up at work every day, buying some coffee. We're showing up at Milk Farm every day, buying some lunch. Um, I think this is a huge opportunity for Eagle Rock and, and I really, really support this project. Thank you, John. Uh, next folks to speak will be uh, Ryan G followed by Jose Alabaso, followed by Sylvia Blackstone. So Ryan G, can you unmute yourself? You're able to speak here. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, yeah, um, I'm, I'm a relatively um, new homeowner in Eagle Rock. And so, you know, I, I you know, we staked our roots here, but um, you know, uh, and one of the reasons kind of why we moved here was, was uh, the, the, the future access to, to transit. So, um, especially with the, the, the BRT. So, you know, I'm several houses uh, uh, off Colorado. Um, and yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm very excited about. And, and one of the reasons why I wanted to be uh, a part of the Eagle Rock community. Um, I think uh, I, I was just curious. Um, I know uh, a few of people, listeners have had some questions about the stakeholder meetings that you've had um, and, uh, you know, I, I, and about like what, what Eagle Rock Ford, what beautiful Boulevard who was behind that. Um, and I wonder if you could just clarify kind of uh, who, what stakeholders you involved in these meetings, um, just so the community kind of know, um, you know, who was a part of that and what, what thinking went into that. Into that. Um, and then additionally, um, for the traffic questions as well, um, I know you spoke a lot in the presentation about um, the uh, the lights for the buses and how and how how they might have priority in certain sections. Um, I wanted to. I just was curious about you know people had questions about congestion. Um, would there be any signal? Um, uh, changes and how would we mitigate, um, you know, potential backups with a single lane, um, with with, sig with new signaling or or uh, uh, new lanes or something like that that facilitate, you know, uh, getting the traffic uh, through further. Thank you, thank you for your questions. Uh, I'll bring Scott in, but first let me uh, provide a brief response uh, to the. Uh, stakeholder groups that were invited again uh, notification for the stakeholder groups uh, was to representatives that we worked with prior that had been participating in meetings like, uh, such as uh, the uh, Eagle Walk neighborhood council members uh, we'd submit, we also sent invitation to the Eagle Rock uh, chamber uh, Eagle Rock uh, forward uh, the Eagle Rock uh, association uh, also Eagle Rock 411 members. We, we sent uh, messages and we sent uh, inf uh, invites again. We asked for them to send representatives. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get representatives from all the groups, but we did uh, reach out to as many as possible. And we also engaged with local uh, uh, electeds to try to you know, also push for, for involvement in these uh, stakeholders. But again, this today is another, uh, is another stakeholder roundtable. This is again, your opportunity to, to listen and to hear what we, we presented and to provide your comments. We are getting your comments. We're, we're writing them down. We are getting a lot of questions about uh, potential traffic impacts, uh, specifically in, Colorado, uh, in Eagle Rock and Colorado. We are taking that information down. And again, we will continue to take all the information and all your comments as we move forward. So again, uh, and this is uh, your additional stakeholder meeting that we're having with everybody. So we appreciate any and all comments that are being received here. Uh, Scott, can you uh, address or speak to the uh, the potential signal priority with the, with the implementation of a BRT bus and how that could work uh, in the area to to improve or to work with uh, uh, signalized uh, bus improvements. 
Sure, I'll, I'll just say that a transit signal priority is a big component of this project. It's something we intend to implement along the whole stretch of the corridor. But I'd actually like to turn it over to Brent to speak a little bit more specifically about some of the, the phasing improvements and signal timing improvements that maybe could uh, help things flow a little bit better. Right, so uh, the transit priority, um, it's city of Los Angeles along Colorado and Eagle Rock. So the city uh, transit priority can provide uh, the green light to come up a little bit early if there's a, a bus that's approaching the intersection that's detected. It can also uh, hold over the green for a few seconds uh, to allow a bus to make a signal, uh, but it doesn't really change the overall timing plan. As far as the overall timing plan goes, anytime a project like this would be done, all those traffic lights would be, would be uh, retimed to uh, conform to sort of the you know the traffic patterns that are prevalent with the project in place and you know part of that would be trying to maintain a progression along the street to facilitate uh, traffic flow uh, when the uh, when the traffic lights are retimed uh, there's a travel speed that's considered and uh, you know that travel speed would be appropriate to the design of the street as it's reconfigured Thank you, Brett. Uh, again, we are approaching seven o'clock, but we still have quite a few questions. So we will continue to go a little bit longer than our than our proposed uh, end time so we can get to these questions. But I do ask you again to, uh, to please uh, be as brief as possible so we can get to all these folks. Uh, so the next person to speak will be Sylvia Blackstone, followed by uh, Annette and then uh, Mayana Dellinger. So Sylvia, if you can unmute yourself, you're able to speak here. Hello, Silva Blackstone. I've lived here for about 30 years. I live on North Avenue 51, which becomes Townsend Avenue. And I just wonder what planet you people actually live in. Because I'm 83 years old now. And let me tell you, the bike lanes are used as a speedway by motorcycles. Anybody else notice this? Uh, and the tree maintenance? Who is going to take care of all these trees and all these plants that you show in the pretty drawings? Because the city of LA constantly says they don't have money to maintain the medians and they turn brown. So, you know, and who's going to fix the irrigation when it goes haywire and starts squirting into the street and into the cars? So that's a little coordination with the city of Los Angeles. And just personally, me getting to Eagle Rock and getting up and down that that the street, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go to the, uh, I'm not going to ride the transit because I live really close. So me as a user of that street, it's not going to be helped by these big buses and the hordes of people riding the bus that live elsewhere that are going to be clogging up like my street that I use. Um, so it's really personal to me. And how am I going to get to the Eagle Rock Bakery? And how am I going to get to Trader Joe's? And how am I going to get to my mechanic on Eagle Rock Boulevard? And how am I going to get to a Target? I mean, I've already figured out ways to get around the neighborhood to avoid these very uh, sections of Colorado Boulevard that you're talking about clogging up even further. And if you think of traffic as a flow, and you think of water as a flow, uh, common sense will tell you that you cannot 
get in the way of water when it's heading downhill. And if you block water, it just goes sideways and it goes elsewhere and it floods elsewhere. And that's what people are trying to tell you about this traffic, is that if you, uh, if you uh, create a congestion, if you create uh, a blockage, let me tell you, the body is gonna get sick and the whole neighborhood is gonna get sick with all these cars zooming around and everybody on their little ways, um, directional instructions from their computer on their handheld device that they're looking at instead of traffic. That traffic is gonna go someplace and it's gonna go all over the neighborhood and it's gonna slow down everything. And I'm 83 years old. There's a dash bus that comes right by my house. It is, it is so, it's not something you wanna ride unless you're desperate because you have to negotiate the stairs and step into the street. And it's not, I mean, I'm not getting out of my car until I get to the Trader Joe's parking lot, which is not easy. And that's my feedback. And I'm a real person and I live here. Thank you, Sylvia. Um, I, I did catch that there were, a, that you did have a question about tree maintenance and whatnot. Scott, is that something you can address about the about that? I think it were mostly comments, but uh, she did ask uh, who would be uh, main, maintaining um, the trees and any landscaping that would come with this project? Well, there, there will be uh, quite a bit of new and replaced landscaping as part of this project, including in Eagle Rock. So I think to some extent, the maintenance or requirements of sort of the newer landscaping that's put in there may be less than some of the older uh, existing uh, um, issues with some of the medians and uh, some of the existing landscaping. Um, as far as, as maintenance goes, I mean, our, we'll be responsible for maintaining the stations uh, that's that's our primary focus and, and maybe some other avenues related to the brt all right thank you scott again well, it's, uh, it's a little bit after seven o'clock but we'll continue to take on a few more questions uh so we can answer as many as possible or take comments um annette you're next to speak followed by uh Mayana dillinger followed by g the initial just g so annette if you can unmute yourself you're able to speak yes i did hi my name is annette i've lived here in, since i was five years old and I now have great grandchildren. So I've been in Eagle Rock for a long time. Anyway, uh, I wanna thank Brian, David, Kim, Patricia, Cheryl, Barbara, and Silva. Okay, um, also, you know, we're in the orange tier now. And since we're in the orange tier, the schools are going to be opening again. People are going to be going back to work and the traffic or lack thereof that we've enjoyed for the last year due to COVID is going to be, um, increased a lot and we've been using yosemite because colorado's always a, already a mess and now with this indoor high school opening up again that takes care of trying to use yosemite um we do know where a few alleys are those of us who've lived here for a long time but it, we shouldn't have to do that um, also i'm wondering uh, besides the congestion and the police and fire and paramedics and all that other stuff and what happens when the, there's something, a police action, an accident or a fire on the freeway, um, that's all been pretty much taken care of, but or, or addressed. Sierra Villa transition to, to Eagle Rock Boulevard, I don't see a picture of that. Um, I don't know how cars can get from Colorado Boulevard East onto the 134 East with the buses being in the, in the middle of that. Um, you don't show 
Uh, let me see what else here. Um, yeah, how they've changed from the medium to the side and, vi and vice versa. And it would be really, really nice if this whole project went anywhere near the Burbank Bur uh, Bob Hope Airport, because that would be one thing that I would take this, this bus for. It's the only thing I would. I live two blocks from Colorado Boulevard, but I live on a hill, and there's no way that I could walk down to it and get back up. Um, and I don't think there's gonna be anywhere for people to park and ride. So um, I see no, no um, upside to this whole project, um, maybe just for me. But, but I, I want to just be able to say my piece because I've said it before. I've been to Oxy, I've been to Yosemite Park to meetings, I've been to a plaza to meetings. I've spoken personally with um, Hilda Solis, and obviously, everybody is listening. And uh, I, I want to know when you're going to have the next meeting like that, like this, so that we can, we can have another chance to talk. And thank you for letting me talk because I waited this whole two, week, two hours to do it. And thank you for doing this. And thank you to the people who um, have the same, who share my concerns. Thank you. Thank you, Annette. Uh, uh, thank you again. Uh, I think the, uh, uh, I think uh, we, we received plenty of your comments that you mentioned. Uh, you echoed a few of the concerns that were brought up again about uh, congestion and the one lane in, uh, in parts of Colorado Boulevard and Eagle Rock. Uh, again, that's being noted. Um, as far as uh, meetings and when we will be doing this, again, this is our opportunity here to, to hear and to speak with everybody. Uh, we will all, there will also be opportunities when we take this to the Metro Board in May. That'll be another opportunity to speak and provide your comments and opinions about the, the project. But again, we are taking all these comments into consideration. Um, we are, you know, we're still going a little bit after 7 p.m. So let's go for the, to the next three folks, which is Mayanna Dillinger, followed by G, followed by Andrew, Jacobs. So, Mayanna, you're able to unmute yourself. You can please uh, speak. Yes. Hi, my name is Mayanna Dellinger, and I hope you could hear me. I'm sure you can. I live on Hill Drive, and respectfully, everyone, this is not a matter of how long you've lived here. So, I'm not going to mention how long I've lived here. I note how many people have lived, how long they've been here, and I also note that new residents have interests and stakes too. So I uh, broadly support this uh, project of getting public transportation in, of course, as we know that that is the future. And uh, so we also need to look into, and there's not much time to comment on that here tonight, but in, even into broader pedestrian area sidewalks, or what about even eventually figuring out a way of maybe closing traffic? I know that sounds provocative and I know that might not be possible here, but we know that uh, international examples or national examples of where traffic is limited leads to more attractive areas, rising house prices, which we all like, right? More business. So let's learn from world history in this respect. If not, look at Times Square, Santa Monica's Third Street Promenade and so on and so forth. We know that in enabling individualist traffic just creates more traffic. That's a fact. And I presume we go from science and facts here. About the median, so uh, I do uh, echo a little bit of the concern of the parallel parking. So what about narrowing the median? Let's just be honest here, folks. I know we all love trees and stuff, but it is kind of ugly right now. So a compromise think that it is that it could be narrow and improved. There's no shade right now. We all saw the pictures. Let's just be real. It doesn't look that good right now. And maybe we're just going to have to let part of that go and not have mature shade trees because it is true there's a lot of grass and maybe we should look into having more cactuses and uh, climate change too. 
will, as somebody said, cause for there to be more irrigation, which really isn't what we should do right now. Quickly about the people that say that they're overwhelmed about the meeting being held right now and there's times of COVID. Um, so another way of looking at that is there's more time right now for these kind of meetings that there's ever been. So I'm glad to see that life and these meetings that are held under the law are not stopped because of COVID. So online is the future too. And finally, I'd like to say to my fellow residents and citizens and others of this meeting, kindly be more respectful of all of us. So I've heard a lot of comments earlier about how you're presuming that only activists are here. Is that bad? Or that not there's no stakeholders here without any proof of that? There's more than 220 people here. And most people I've spoken to are not being an activist is not the legal standard here. Um, about Eagle Rock Forward and other uh, allegedly small groups, yes, this is how a democracy works. This is private group advocacy. Um, everyone can do that. You're all welcome to do that. But to be honest, to uh, claim that some groups uh, should have more powers than others, and those, let's just be honest, tend to be the not in my backyard, the NIMBY folks, and should have more powers than others. In other words, those of us that want to see this project go forward. That is not the law, and that's not the future, and that's not who we are. So folks, I realize change is painful at many levels, but painful uh, change is also necessary. And this is obviously one of those necessary changes that I uh, broadly applaud. And I'm glad to see that the law is followed here and that these meetings are held. That's public participation. That's environmental impact statements and public and uh, feedback. And you kind of presume that just because things don't work out the way you might like to individual and like, like things have been for the past 40 years, that other people don't broadly project, uh, support this project and support it because we do. And that's just how modern democracy works. So yes, let's get some public transportation in. We know that's the future. And I too am a bike rider. I too support much more you know, bike riding, raised bike levels or whatever. Let's learn from other places, Europe, other places in this nation and go forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, again, uh, and I'm going to continue uh, on with these questions. Again, we're going to try to take as many as possible. So next three people are G, followed by Andrew Jacobs, followed by Darren Hall. So G, you're uh, able to unmute yourself. You can uh, start uh, asking your questions, please. Again, we're limited on time, so appreciate it. Brevity, but, uh, thank you. We'll, we'll try to make this quick. Um, I live in Eagle Rock, and I, I hate to say it, but I don't really think that the people that live outside of Eagle Rock should have a really big say in whether Eagle Rock goes from two lanes to one lane. It's not their neighborhood that's going to be affected. I mean, I I agree there should be a rapid bus line maybe through Eagle Rock, but I would prefer that it be right lane and mixed use, running with traffic instead of ripping up the medians so of leaving the two lanes. Um, as far as your stakeholder meetings go, uh, you said that there were 60 or so people that you had or 60 groups you had that were stakeholders. What about the seven? I, I just based on like 10 houses on the block you know, two blocks up, two times sort of both sides of the street. There's approximately 7,602 houses along Colorado Boulevard, north and south of Colorado, just between the plaza and Trader Joe's. There's at least that many houses. Um, have you guys like sent direct mailers to ask the residents as to just whether they would prefer a single lane, a double lane, uh, center median buses, right median buses, have you done anything like that, an individual mailing to individual houses that would actually get you the results of the people that actually live in Iraq that might not be aware of the program or the process you're changing? Um, I don't know why, why, you know, Glendale and Burbank can have uh, side running lanes with mixed use. 
I don't understand why that would be uh, such a malicious problem here in Eagle Rock. But um, Scott was just talking about two lanes of traffic going down to one um, at Colorado Boulevard and Eagle Rock Boulevard. What happens with that other lane of traffic when you have two lanes full of people and it merges to one lane? What do you do with all the traffic from the other lane? Where does it go? It's got to go someplace. So, you know, what happens if a delivery truck pulls up and blocks that one lane? Uh, what I know Trader Joe's, I, I usually drive uh, through Eagle Rock at six in the morning on my way to work. And a lot of times Trader Joe's has trucks out in the median waiting to get in to deliver. They actually use that space to maneuver their trucks into their delivery area. So I don't know how you're gonna affect Trader Joe's beyond that. Um, I have also the 134 traffic closures. How do you deal with that? Um, anytime there's an accident on the freeway, um, you're gonna close the brakes on a lot of the medians. So how do you deal with, if you've got fewer opportunities to make a left-hand turn to get into your neighborhood, that means you're gonna have longer lines for people at the opportunities where you do have an opportunity to turn left. What happens to the people when they start backing up that one lane of traffic? Um, one of my other issues was with the, uh, let's see, with, um, will Metro pay to replace all this? If uh, you realize that one lane of traffic is uh, not going to be feasible? Yeah, that's, those are my questions. Thanks for your question. So uh, again, it looks like your questions are uh, about all, uh, traffic impacts and whatnot. So Scott, can you uh, address about uh, what, I guess, what, you know, um, how, how we could better uh, address it? He also asked that uh, one question towards the end is, um, will, will we uh, go from one to two lanes if it doesn't work and how, how does something like that work? Well, I think as, as far as that last question is concerned, I mean, I think once we've built the project, we'll have an opportunity to, to see how well it works. I mean, we, I don't, I mean, we wouldn't design something and plan it and implement it if it didn't work for the BRT and work in conjunction with the other elements uh, as we're planning it out. Um, one thing I do want to clarify is that uh, it was mentioned in, in Burbank and Glendale where, uh, where we have um, bus lanes. I, I want to just uh, clarify that there are dedicated bus lanes proposed in Burbank and in Glendale along virtually the entire stretches of uh, the streets of those respective corridors. In the case of uh, at Burbank, it would be in a curb running configuration um, occupying what is uh, currently the parking lane. And then in Glendale, in, in every case, we would be converting a travel lane, whether it's uh, adjacent to the medians on Glen Oaks or in a side running configuration um, on, uh, on Broadway and uh, Central where we would uh, basically operate in what is currently the outside travel lane adjacent to the, uh, the parking lanes. Um, as far as traffic impacts go, I think we've touched on some of those issues already, but I, I would like to ask Brent to weigh in on uh, sort of the, the implications for left turns and closing the median brakes and, and what that means for the number of left turns that we would be proposing to keep open. Well, yes. Uh, so first of all, there are 31 intersections along the uh, corridor there and um, the closures would be limited to just about a third of them. Uh, the other two thirds would be partly or fully open. Um, and the other thing is, is that when the uh, reconfiguration of the median takes place, we'll be replacing uh, 
what are just simply gaps in the median in some places with actual left turn pockets that will be protected left turns with an arrow phase. So cars would find it more easy to make U-turns and left turns at those locations that would be open. Uh, so the efficiency of the left turns would actually be improved by uh, better design. Thank you, Brent. Uh, uh, again, we got some more folks to to uh, speak up. Again, we have, uh, uh, looks like we may have lost somebody, but um, we have, uh, so we'll go into the next, and if the, the person that was on comes back on, we'll, we'll add you. But uh, we have Darren Hall, followed by uh, M-I-T-T-I-M, followed by Christine. So Darren, if you can unmute yourself. Hi, um, my name is Darren Hall, and uh, I'll lower my hand there. Um, thank you, everyone, uh, for the presentation this evening. Uh, I just wanted to um, say I'm, I'm very pleased to see that Metro has um, incorporated um, many of the elements of the uh, beautiful boulevard um, proposal for, for Eagle Rock. Um, I am an Eagle Rock resident, uh, as well as um, an employee at Occidental College. Um, so I also work in Eagle Rock. And I wanted to um, echo or just amplify a bit that the um, some of the supporters of that beautiful boulevard uh, project include many of the student organizations um, at Occidental College and, you know, our student population as well as our employees uh, have a lot of uh, potential here to make use of the BRT um, to come to work or for students to go out to um, employment opportunities, internship opportunities um, along the routes. So I, I see this as a really um, useful project uh, that will, um, you know, reduce a lot of the traffic um, for that those communities. Um, but as it was mentioned, uh, some of that will also depend on uh, effective first last mile um, treatments along Eagle Rock Boulevard. Um, and the last thing I guess I would just say is um, uh, I'd like to um, encourage Metro to continue to explore the opportunity to use the um, uh, left boarding um, bus options and so that we would have platforms in medians that were um, for both directions. I think that would um, be a considerable improvement for, for the plan overall um, for safety and for the transit riders um, so they're not dispersed to different platforms. Um, so, But otherwise, looking forward to it and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, next up to speak will be uh, uh, Mitzim 80, followed by Christine, followed by Karen So. Uh, so Mitzim, if you're able to unmute yourself, we are, you're permitted to speak. Hi, I'm Julian Haynes. Sorry, I couldn't get my name up. I'm a central Los Angeles resident who uses transit and bicycles to get around. And um, I'll be using this project a lot. My comments, and questions about the project relate to a certain section in Burbank where the um, 
line is um, projected to, or is um, or is drawn as um, well. First of all, taking the um, mixed traffic lanes on the 134 freeway, and then second, um, actually using the existing entrances and exits um, at um, in the vicinity of Hollywood Way and Alameda Avenue to come off the freeway and come eventually onto Olive Avenue. And um, my concern is uh, when when Metro was running the, um, I think it was the, the 501 pilot line that was um, actually intended in a way to um, test the, um, and uh, test various aspects of this project beforehand um, with existing infrastructure. Um, I actually rode that line and it was, and the one thing that stood out to me the most was that when you were going through that very section um, the, with the, getting off the Ventura Freeway at Alameda and Hollywood Way, that was where the bus kind of was held up the most, especially a rush hour. And I would estimate that, you know, altogether, you know, like waiting in line for the entrance and exit to the freeway, waiting at the various um, traffic signals around there, it would have added, um, I think it adds like five minutes all at all compared to, you know, a more direct dedicated route for the BRT. And so my, so, um, you know, considering how um, there are other, well, this, this, of course, this freeway is owned by Caltrans and, um, and is, is and, and on another freeway, um, the 110 freeway, there's an example of, you know, a dedicated, you know, on-ramps and on-ramp, off-ramps for the BRT, the Silver Line BRT, particularly, um, you know, at the north end at Adams Boulevard and at the south end, when you're going into, um, uh, what is it, the Harbor Gateway Transit Center, there's actually, you know, a, a specific ramp that is dedicated for the use of the bus and, you know, high occupancy vehicles, which, um, you know, avoids, which um, kind of circumvents this problem already. And um, I know like something that like that implemented here would add significantly to the cost, but considering how this is, you know, um, branded as a, as a, um, as a premium transit service, you know, in the likes of um, Metro Rail and the um, Orange Line, um, I think if you're going to build one structure, it would have to be here, it, you, you could actually, you know, with the dedicated structure, I think it would save five minutes or even more at rush hour. So my question is, um, is, would it be possible if Metro had the money, would it be possible or impossible for Metro to construct a dedicated, um, to engineer and construct a dedicated um, on-ramp and off-ramp um, for the BRT in the vicinity of, um, you know, Alameda Avenue and Hollywood Way, or, or would it be impossible? And if it is impossible, then why is it? So I'll, I'll say that um, early on, we, we did look at sort of the, the possibilities of dedicated on and off ramps at, at various locations along the corridor, and a number of them had feasibility issues uh, from a right-of-way standpoint, I know. Brent, do you want to sort of weigh in specifically on some of the, some of the challenges surrounding getting on and off the freeway in Burbank? 
Well, we're taking advantage of, in some cases of existing diamond lanes on the ramps. So there are there are some diamond bypasses on some of the ramps that would be used. Um, you know, notably there's a, a diamond lane, you know, coming in off the slip ramps in Eagle Rock and, and there's others further to the west. Um, the issue with the, the particular location of Alameda and Hollywood Way, the backup there is primarily caused by the actual um, congestion along the freeway itself. So just improving the ramp there wouldn't really address the problem without, you know, reconfiguring the entire freeway for quite some distance, which clearly is, you know, cost prohibitive. I, I did want to indicate that we did look at a service street alternative to that segment. And uh, despite the uh, congestion on the freeway, the uh, freeway still was much better travel time than the uh, parallel service street route. Thank you, Brent. Again, we, uh, we're, we are short on time. We're, we're, we're pretty close to wrapping up here. So um, let's get to as many questions. We have Christine, uh, followed by Karen So, followed by Andrew Jacobs. Christine, if you can unmute yourself and ask your question. Again, we, we're asking for brevity so we can uh, be able to answer as many questions as possible with the limited time here. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to say just a few words. I just want to um, thank you for all of this work and for bringing forward a project that really moves Los Angeles closer to our Vision Zero priorities and closer to true equity. Um, you know, I have lived in Los Angeles without a car. As a student, I can't tell you the number of times I waited alone at a dark bus stop, uh, hoping my bus would come from a late class to get me home safely. I was able to take my first job in my field because the orange line existed. And as a BRT that I could count on, I was able to commute like a huge number of miles to take that job. Like I cannot say how important it is that we have this safe alternative. Um, I just, I want to just give a shout out to please, let's not disregard the left, left side boarding. Um, I know it's not what Metro does most right now or all the buses are right side, but just because something is one way doesn't mean that's the right way. And as a mom, you know, who's continued to use transit, I will, I can speak from personal experience of like disembarking from the number two bus downtown with a child in a stroller and then not being able to find the return bus and walking blocks and blocks with a baby in my arms. And you can't underestimate the elegance and the simplicity and the safety of what that left side boarding would offer us and the, the density, like so station can be combined and you have quick access to your coming and going. Um, so I really just wanna please say, please let's keep that in the dialogue. Um, and I also just want to speak out as a, as a, a person who commuted pre-pandemic, commuted by bicycle to work in Eagle Rock um, what Deborah Murphy brought up about the need for truly complete streets and connectivity. Um, riding down Eagle Rock Boulevard to Colorado is a really deadly way to go. Um, and I have had a number of near misses because of people putting their trash cans in bike lanes, uh, parking in bike lanes, filming, taking up bike lanes. Like, I just, this, the, if, let's, let's bring the gold standard, right? Why can we not just like, when we're doing all this work, let's elevate those lanes, let's have it be really safe. We do not need to lose another human being uh, on a bicycle being struck and killed by a car. Um, 
So let's just let's just bring our best and try to find elevated bike lanes and protected bike lanes. And I just want to say, so the basic message is please keep this centered on transit users. Like we are stakeholders, right? Whether we're commuting to and from or using it to try not to drive, we are the stakeholders. And, and thank you for uh, connecting our city in the way that we need to and, and um, keep this dialogue going. And I just, for the record, since I didn't get my name updated, I want to specify that as an individual, I'm also representing the East Area Progressive Democrats Transit Committee, and you've received our letter, but I, for anyone who's still listening on here, our group is a thousand members strong. We have a lot of Eagle Rock residents. Many of them are seniors, and we, we've had a unanimous support of this proposal, the beautiful Boulevard proposal, and thank you for including as much as you can of that, and please, let's, let's make it work that way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, again, we have, uh, let's keep going. Um, we're gonna go with Karen So, followed by Andrew Jacobs, followed by Fred X, 2000. So uh, Karen, yeah, you are able to unmute yourself. You're permitted to speak here. Thank you, Mr. Corona. Thank you also, Mr. Hartwell and Mr. Ogden for um, hearing some of the comments. And I'm going to um, just say that I concur with what David, and I think I also heard David Newman and Brian Nurse uh, Barbara Silva Blackstone, I hear their concerns and I share their concerns. My first question will, will be for MTA, for the MTA staff to answer. Are there public MTA documents regarding the ridership decrease on Colorado Boulevard in Eagle Rock before and after the pandemic? My second question will be, does the MTA have a security plan in place for the BRT, for all the plans that are involved in the MTA's program to put the BRT in effect. And what is the security plan? Is there, are there public documents regarding that? And what was the outreach to disabled passengers who use MTA's access stands? Were there, I know that the MTA has a board or some sort of uh, um, advisory committees and I believe, um, what's her name? In any event, I'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave her, out, her name out, but I could get you her name. Regarding the outreach that's done for the accessibility of the bus for disabled passengers. So I'll limit my questions to that because I do appreciate that I was able to ask these questions. These are my seat. Thank you. Uh, Scott, uh, again, can you uh, address the uh, the question that was asked about uh, if we have a documentation about ridership before and after the pandemic on Colorado? Well, as, as an agency, we, we're always tracking our ridership for each of our bus lines. Sort of the, the, the daily boardings at each station that we have or each stop that we have along the route. So um, we, we certainly, that, that data does exist. We do track it um, to what extent it's been published um, by by line specifically, I, I don't necessarily have an answer to that, Tito. I don't know if you do, um, but yeah, that data certainly is out there. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure we have our service planning folks who uh, who monitor and uh, track uh, on a monthly basis what the ridership numbers are. And and I, I as I stated earlier on in this in this uh, meeting was that our ridership has been affected during COVID. Uh, it's slowly on the. Uh, on the rise again, but again, it's been you know uh, primarily for folks who are transit dependent. There was another question, Scott, about a security plan uh, put forth on the BRT. 
is uh, is there a plan or what's what's I guess uh, I'm trying to get more information as, as to you know what type of security plan we would have on a BRT moving forward uh, with uh, with this project? Well, I, I mean, we would apply our same security standards that we have across our entire system with just making sure that uh, our stations are, are safe and well lit. Lighting is a big component of that. Um, so there wouldn't really be any difference difference in that regard. Um, we would we would certainly do everything we can to make sure that our both our, our, our riders are safe both on the buses um, and at the stations. But we don't have like a specific security plan for this project at this point. It's been a focus on the environmental review and, and evaluating how the BRT could work and, and what the potential impacts of that could be. Thank you, Scott. And uh, I'll speak to the uh, to outreach to disabled passengers. That's that's the, another uh, opportunity that we we will definitely um, work harder at at reaching. We uh, again we did have. Uh, the uh, stakeholder database that uh, for previous attendees that we sent the e-blast to with the uh, constant reminders. We also uh, canvassed 15,000 notifications uh, for and specifically in the Eagle Rock community uh, about this meeting with the uh, QR codes to uh, for people to scan with their phones or any type of device that can scan them to help and join this meeting uh, if possible. But again, we you know we we look for partnerships and opportunities to always improve, and that this is one of those that, that we'll have to uh, work on uh, with accessing uh, this, uh, working with disabled passengers and and any additional uh, riders that uh, that use our service. Again, um, it, times are a little bit uh, more challenging right now with COVID, and uh, it's it's been uh, an ordeal at, at many times with when trying to get our uh, passengers involved. Again, they you know many of them um, are have very strict schedules, just like uh, many of you here that are with us today. So. Um, you know, we will continue to to uh, to engage with everybody. Um, so it looks like uh, we have um, Andrew Jacobs followed by Fred X followed by CB Fuji. So Andrew Jacobs, um, if you can, um, I'm trying to see how I can unmute you so you can speak. Here we go. You're permitted to unmute yourself now. If you can speak, please. Hi, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Perfect, great. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm uh, a stakeholder. I'm a real person. I live here, uh, I own a home here in Eagle Rock uh, with my, live where I live with my wife and son. We're about a block off Colorado. So, you know, we've been paying attention to this um, very closely. Uh, we are a one car household and, and my wife works uh, in NoHo. So we're really excited about this project and, and to potentially use it um, I wish it were coming sooner. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I will also, I do want to add that I think a, a lot of people with kids uh, and jobs, you know, five to seven is the, the toughest time of the day to make a meeting. So it does make me happy to, to have heard earlier that the P various PTAs are supporting the beautiful Boulevard project because, um, you know, that, that shows me that there are Parent, other parents and uh, with young kids who are um, having their voices heard even though they can't make this meeting because they're trying to get home from work and trying to get dinner, <laughs> kid and bath and all that stuff. Um, I do want to say that I, 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 I do support the beautiful Boulevard proposal. I think it will make Colorado safer for pedestrians, bikers, and drivers. Um, I too often see you know traffic going just way too fast on Colorado Boulevard. So anything that calms traffic, I think, is is is, is a good thing. Um, uh, I am really excited about the potential of widening the sidewalks 
making it more pedestrian friendly and inviting and potentially allowing for more al fresco dining because uh, I, I think that'll be an important part of um, businesses going forward after the pandemic. Um, and I think it's also, it'll be really nice to sit on a nice boulevard, outside on a nice boulevard, um, you know, having a drink or eating dinner or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, the only other thing I would say is like, I think I've heard a, a lot of people sort of talk about, you know, concerns about traffic and I totally understand that. I think if anything, that's the community's number one concern with the beautiful boulevard proposal is, is how will it impact traffic? And uh, so I look forward to seeing the numbers and the studies you guys sort of come back with on that. Um, I, I do think that people who say that it's traffic is already insane on Colorado Boulevard today are strike me as main people who may not be commuting to NoHo uh, back and forth every day or to Santa Monica every day. That's traffic. Uh, what we have in, in you know on Colorado is a, an occasional backup. Um, so, you know, and, and the only other thing I'll say is like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it and I suspect it'll happen. If there's a parallel parker kind of doing a bad job at trying to get into their spot, people will probably slip around into the bus lane and go around them and traffic won't, you know, end up going too far back. So um, I, you know, look forward to hearing more about the proposal as it comes together. I look forward to seeing the numbers and the statistics on, you know, what tra how it might impact traffic. Um, but I, I do think that this proposal has a lot to offer to the community. Um, I think it'll benefit businesses and the people who live here and also the people who are coming here and coming here to work here and all that good stuff. So um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll go on to the next few folks. Again, we're going to try to take as many questions as still possible. But we, uh, again, we're, we're almost 40 minutes after the conclusion of uh, the scheduled conclusion of this meeting. Um, so please, if you can be as brief as possible so we can uh, either answer or take your comments, that'd be great. So the next three are FredX2000, um, CB Fushi and Mary. Uh, FredX, I'm sorry I forgot your name from uh, November, but I do remember your username. So uh, uh, you can unmute yourself and speak. Hi, um, um, I've been a long-term resident here and I, I think that does count for something. I've been here for 22 years and um, fairly close to Colorado and I've been walking on that street uh, with my dogs and whatnot over the years and um, it's fun. The beautification plan is really, really nice and I think it would be a, a, a real um, nice thing if it could be maintained, have good bus stops. Nothing kills me more than seeing people sitting out in the hot sun waiting for a bus. And we've got already many buses that run up and down on Colorado. With the coronavirus and everything, the craziness that's going on, I kind of missed a couple of scenes in the movie here because uh, like I'm still pushing for the 134 um, and using Figueroa as um, as a station and possibly town uh, Harvey. And I don't know why that is not being considered. Um, I've seen the, I drive for work and I see, have seen the traffic over the years. And yeah, right now we're having a treat, but also Yosemite with the high school. It's like, I basically had to work around everything with those things in mind by putting, making it one lane. It's just, it's, it's, really absolutely ludicrous um and i just can't see where anyone would even um acquiesce to that i, I it, it's um i know the street i i know the traffic here I, i've been here a long time 
And I just think that the 134 option, wherever it went and whatever happened with that, I think that should be back on the table. And um, uh, the overwhelming majority of the people that I speak to who are residents, homeowners, business owners, are very much against this whole damn thing. And I think that um, we can do better. We can do better by uh, beautifying the boulevard. Sure, that's great. Put nice bus stops and whatnot for the existing buses, but then put a nice station over in Figueroa and utilize that and use the 134. Because as was said, when there's an accident, even when the floats come out from Glendale to go to the Rose Parade, they come down Colorado. I, it's just, it just is a very poor idea. And I, I understand the, um, the knowledge and the education that people have that are doing this, but it, I, I have a good feeling that they don't live here. And um, anyway, I, I just, and as far as the zoning, um, yeah, that's something with the city. However, um, it's kind of a hand in hand thing, you know, it, it, that's gonna happen and then that will happen. And there's a lot of people that, are invested in that and hoping for that so we can't we can't ignore that it's not oh because that's the city it's not gonna you know have anything to do with metro what the heck it's gonna stuff how about a moratorium if this thing goes through in any form a moratorium on building for 20 years uh anything over than uh what is it two or three stories two stories i think anyway i i could babble on and on because i've been to a few of these meetings three of these meetings and another zoom one and uh uh, I, I, I found, jeez, uh, I found a lot of disingenuous people representing something that they really have no stake in, and um, it's real. It's it's real. Uh, it's a real problem. Anyway, well, thanks so much for giving me a chance to talk, and I appreciate it. And the beautification thing, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. Uh, so the next three folks will be CB, uh, uh, Fauci, uh, Mary, and uh, Leslie. Uh, so CB, you are permitted to unmute yourself. You can speak. Can you hear me? Yes. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm a 20-year resident here in Eagle Rock. Um, greatly appreciate your time, and thank you for going over. Um, and thank you for the presentation. Um, I'm also a parent, walk in the neighborhood, have a kid. And I'm also a commuter. Well, pre-COVID was a commuter, was driving close to three hours a day commuting. Um, and that has changed with COVID as I imagine other people's jobs have changed since the pandemic. That said, I'll go into my questions that I have. Um, will the BRT be involved in the perilous system initiative that uh, Metro is proposing. Uh, that's question number one. Two, where are the other buses going to travel along the route? Are they going to utilize the BRT lane, and specifically in Eagle Rock? And how will that um, affect the multiple stops that the existing buses make as opposed to three stops that will be in Eagle Rock or the BRT. Uh, my third question is, when the final ERE is proposed uh, in May, I believe I heard, um, will alternative two be proposed in conjunction with the proposed routes for the BRT? 
Um, a fourth question. Um, the sidewalk, there are currently sidewalk improvements going on in Eagle Rock. Um, is Metro involved in these? Is this a Metro project or is this another, is this a city project? And if it is a city project, are they being done in conjunction with and in communication with Metro as far as the BRT goes? <clears throat> there are plant wells along uh, Colorado Boulevard in the Eagle Rock area that have been empty for 13 years. Um, these are the responsibility of the city or Metro. And uh, I have another question. Um, what is the enforcement of autos using the red lane? Is that a offense that is going to be enforced along the entire route? Is and, and what is the penalty for being in the red lane? Um, <clears throat> I believe question number seven here is, um, I heard representatives of um, politicians, uh, council members here in the meeting. I did not hear any representatives from De Leon or a represent representative of his. Is, would you be able to verify if there is a representative of De Leon's office here? And then ultimately, uh, someone had brought up about the uh, slip ramp HOV 134 East um, Colorado getting onto the freeway. That being one lane, the other lane for the bus. Where does the one lane that continues along through town towards Figueroa, and then when there's a light for the freeway and that traffic is backed up into the lane that's traveling through what is going to be done about that particular traffic flow and i believe that's all my questions and i thank you so much for your time thank you cb uh scott if, uh did you get uh most of those questions uh I, I, let's start with the with the fairless system uh initiative uh, I, I'm, it's, this is still early, but is there is this, would this qualify as one of the uh, stellar stellar system projects? Well, I mean, my understanding is it, it would apply to the entire system. Um, beyond that, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure, um, and I, I know that's still very early in the process, and that's just a, a study at this point. Whether that actually comes into fruition, I think, is still to be determined. Right, and and as I recall, it's, it, again, it's early and it's the studies are still going on. And uh, I, from what I hear is correct, uh, implementation would, you know, again, would be in, in certain zones. And then, you know, I guess to, to see how it would uh, it would work, basically like a pilot program. Uh, the question about uh, buses utilizing the BRT lane: um, How can how 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 can non-BRT buses use these lanes? Um, with multiple stops and will they be able to use them and whatnot? How, so how, how do we foresee that coordinating? Yeah, so corridor wide, uh, local buses, the other buses that are on these streets will have the opportunity to share with the bus lanes. 
Now, depending on what type of configuration is involved on a given street will in a large extent determine whether it's practical for some of these local buses to share in those bus lanes. Um, take Eagle Rock, for example, on the Western zone where we're proposing the side running configuration. Yes, the, the existing bus lines will be able to utilize uh, those um, those lanes and then make their stops as they normally would. Um, as far as the center running portion goes to the east of Eagle Rock Boulevard, there would most likely the local buses would not be utilizing those lanes. And the main reason for that is because these other buses tend to stop more frequently. And so it wouldn't really be practical for them to, to get into the dedicated bus lane in the middle of the street where there's only a couple of stations that are spread out and then have to kind of make their way back to the curb. So they would in all likelihood continue using the curb stops um, in, in that particular location. Thanks, Scott. And a uh, question about the sidewalk improvements with the city and, and who's doing that. I think I can prove those, but pretty much um, that's a city project, but uh, and uh, coordination with the BRT project is, uh, can you confirm that we're coordinating with the, with the city on this? Yeah, yeah, we've been coordinating with them since the beginning of this project. Um, and and, and I, I would reemphasize that's one of the advantages of this refined F1 concept is that it does work well with what the city is planning, especially as it relates to those curb extensions on the uh, on the actual intersections. And it works much better than our original F1 concept did. Um, so this, that's again, one of the advantages of uh, this refined concept. All right, thanks. And let's, let's see if we can speed through these uh, uh, other questions. Uh, the, the plants empty, the plants, wells have been empty for 13 years. Is that Metro or city responsibility? That's a city responsibility. Yeah, okay. they own the property. Gotcha. And enforcement of autos and rent lanes. This was a we actually were recently asked about this, and I think there's there are assembly bill that is trying to make this enforceable with uh, cameras on our BRT projects. Um, so I, I guess I can uh, just speak on that briefly by what I just said. But um, it's not enforceable right now. But um, if this assembly bill moves forward, it, from what I recall, that uh, buses would be equipped with with cameras to capture violations to uh, that which would be enforceable uh, for uh, for citations. So um, again, it's not it's not in effect yet, but there is an assembly bill out there that is looking to uh, to create such a, a possibility for this to be enforceable. And uh, I think the last question was about Representative De Leon's office. I'm you know what I I'm sorry we it's uh, I haven't been able to read through all of the uh, the persons that are on here, but. Um, they have been at other meetings as well. Um, I just can't, uh, I, I can't go and read each person that is on uh, here to confirm that if the De Leon's office is here, but they've been, they, they have been engaged and they are part of, uh, okay, yeah, we do have somebody. We have Sarah. Uh, Sarah is on from uh, Kevin De Leon's office here. So thank you, Sarah, for joining us, Sarah Flattery. So that answered your question about that. And I think the last question was, where does uh, the one lane uh, to Figueroa go, Scott? I think, uh, that's that's the last one from the list that I captured. Yeah, Brent, would you mind uh, weighing in and, and kind of talking through what some of the implications are for traffic circulation right around where the uh, the bus would join up on the on the slip ramp? Well, um, in the eastbound direction, one lane, the bus lane, you know, has its own lane, and then the traffic also there'd be opening up there into two lanes going east. Uh, the in the westbound direction the lane would be reduced approaching that slip ramp situation. So all the merge there will be resolved um, before the traffic would get into the heart of the district. 
Okay, thank you, Brent. Let's keep going. Um, we've got more questions from Mary, Leslie, Turnipseed, and then Mark Quinn. So Mary, you can unmute yourself. Uh, you're next to ask your questions. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I get pretty upset about this whole thing. Um, and I have to say, I really agree with Brian and David who spoke earlier. Um, I feel like Colorado Boulevard, um, they're trying to turn it into a clown car where they're gonna stuff everything possible into this one street. I mean, it's not the Champs-Elysees, it's not Fifth Avenue, but they still want alfresco dining. They want parking, they want bike lane, they want trees and a big fat bus. And then we're reduced to one lane of traffic. That's not gonna be good. And I remember they, they were talking about keeping everything on the freeway. And I don't, again, somebody else asked you about that. Please ask your guy, Scott, what happened to the freeway option? I mean, the freeway, wasn't that built for stuff like that back in the 40s and 50s? Didn't they, you know, displace homeowners to put the freeway in and also promise a sound wall that never went up? Could you do me a favor and ask Scott about that? What happened to the freeway option? Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Scott, can you uh, address the uh, the freeway option? Uh, it's it's still there it hasn't been removed but again i think uh what we're doing today is is, is presenting what uh, we are going to present to the metro board and the metro board will make the final decision uh what we have but can you further elaborate on that yeah that's right so we do have an sr 134 option in the draft eir it was analyzed in the draft eir it's option uh, f3 um, it includes a couple of potential stations one at harvey over on the west end and then one over at colorado and figueroa so we did analyze that. A couple of the uh, primary challenges there is that from an act, from an accessibility standpoint, it really doesn't serve the community of Eagle Rock all that well, just because the stations are sort of are, are, are so far from sort of the central uh, activity centers within Eagle Rock. Um, there's also an issue with the stations themselves. I'm over at the Harvey station, for example. The way it's configured, and the only way to get a station in there would be if we were to then continue the route on the freeway into Glendale, which we're not proposing to do because then we would bypass all of sort of that south downtown part of Glendale. So if we were to then get off the street at Harvey and continue along Broadway as we're proposing, we would not be able to even have a station there. And then at Figueroa, yeah, we could have a station at Figueroa in Colorado. We did look at that. Um, however, then that would require the buses to get off the freeway, come down to Figueroa and then, and then continue on the surface streets and get back on the freeway and that would add a fair amount of time to the overall route uh, compared to uh, compared to just uh, continuing uh, along Colorado. All right, thank you, Scott. Uh, again, uh, please note that uh, we, uh, you know, we're trying to answer as many questions as possible. Uh, people keep raising their hands, but again, we uh, we can't uh, continue on with it uh, all night. Uh, you know, we are uh, over an hour after the proposed uh, end time of this meeting, and we are trying to answer as many questions as possible. We do appreciate uh, the, the latest folks trying to be uh, uh, more brief and we do appreciate the brevity, but we do want to make sure that we do get to capture your comments or your questions. So with that, let's go to uh, Leslie, followed by Mark Gwynn, followed by John Kerr. So Leslie, if you could please unmute yourself and ask your questions. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you very much, um, Mr. Corona and Mr. Hartwell. Um, I am a, an Eagle Rock resident 
now for 20 years. Um, I am, I have a lot of questions. Um, number one, um, I am concerned about your uh, reduction to one lane on Colorado Boulevard in two directions. Um, as it is, it is extremely challenging um, to make left turns onto Colorado Boulevard. Um, I'm wondering what you're going to do to remedy that situation. Uh, what, are, what do you envision as a solution um, to traffic that will eminently come from Colorado Boulevard into the neighborhoods? Um, we have children that play in our neighborhoods that ride bikes, skateboards. Um, we have folks that walk through the neighborhoods. Um, are you planning to put stop signs in to slow that traffic as it creeps up into the neighborhoods and uh, down into Townsend Boulevard, Yosemite, Hill Drive, um, all of those. Um, number two, um, let's see here. Um, are you planning to remove any current bus lines that are running um, in the lanes that currently exist? Um, number three, um, as Barbara stated earlier, I had a very similar question. Um, have you considered at all running some type of simulation? I know for myself, um, I'm simply adding a few windows to my home right now. And I myself am thinking about some simulations and just taping off areas. Um, I teach via Zoom and I'm currently going to be welcoming some students into my classroom in a couple of weeks. So I myself am running simulations in my workplace to see what that's going to look like. I'm wondering if because you're going to be affecting many, many more people, are you going to run some type of simulation before actually pushing the project through? Um, you mentioned that if you did do a simulation, that would be up to the city of LA. Um, I was wondering if you could express, be very specific about who in particular would be in charge of that type of simulation. Um, my next question is, as that traffic, oh, I think I addressed that with the stop signs and control of traffic as it creeps down in, and up into the neighborhoods. Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. Um, I have attended many of your meetings. I do feel like we off, we give our input. We are asking questions. We don't always get answers to our questions. We get to vent, but we don't always feel like we're being heard. I think a lot of the time. Um, I do also agree with the fact that I feel like you're trying to solve many different problems with just one solution and it's not actually doing a great job of solving uh, any of the problems really well, but sort of band-aiding a lot of different problems. Um, let's see here. Um, and to not analyze drive times after putting in the BRT um, seems ridiculous because I thought that was the whole point in the first place. Um, my next question is how many potential riders are you expecting that you will actually improve their lives overall, as opposed to the cost to those that are being negatively, negatively affected by your project? Have you addressed that or thought about that? Um, and is the recording going to be available to those that were not able to attend this evening? And finally, will you be sending out pictures to your um, email list of the um, 
project that you have proposed. Um, you also mentioned that the one lane, uh, excuse me, the one lane option was not actually, um, didn't actually come about after the environmental impact report. It was, it came about before the environmental impact report. So I'm wondering why that came about um, when, you know, you had run an environmental impact report and met, of course the traffic should have been addressed. And that is the end of my questions. Hey, thank you. Uh, Scott, if you can uh, uh, please uh, answer uh, as many of these questions as possible, um, starting with the reduction to one lane and the impacts uh, anticipated. Um, uh, what's the solution on left turns that have been evaluated and uh, will there be stop sign and improvements in the uh, neighboring area? Can, uh, let's let's go uh, to those first questions. Yeah, and I, I think we, we, we did discuss this a little bit before um, and, and Brent, feel free to weigh in on, on some of the uh, overall implications for traffic congestions and potential spillover traffic. But I, I think um, overall, I mean, our focus is on Colorado Boulevard and making the BRT work well, not only the BRT, but uh, work well in conjunction with traffic circulation in the area. Um, so Brent, if you could speak a little bit more about that. Well, we'll be looking more at the traffic circulation um, as the project is designed. The environmental process does not include traffic level of service as part of the criteria for the EIR. So the focus at this point in time is, is analyzing all of the impacts that are specified by uh, environmental law. Uh, but we will be able to uh, fine tune some of the design to adjust uh, the configuration to the traffic uh, on a moving forward basis. And that'll include addressing some of these issues like trying to facilitate getting cars in and out of parking spaces, dealing with loading zones, et cetera. Um, some of this stuff is still to come. Thanks. Uh, question, uh, Scott, about um, uh, service here. Uh, with the BRT, are we planning to uh, replace any lines that are currently running uh, through the area? Uh, can, can you elaborate on that too? Sure. So um, in, in addition to the BRT, there's also simultaneously being, it's actually being rolled out right now on Metro's uh, next-gen bus plan, which is uh, looking at reimagining bus service across LA County and looking at ways to make our service more efficient and, and match up with, um, with the current demands and, and when and where people are traveling. And as part of that, and in conjunction with the BRT, there will be some consolidation along Colorado that's that's in the works. I think the, the main thing is that the existing rapid line uh, 780 um, that currently operates on Colorado is actually going to be um, sort of uh, merged with uh, a, a little bit more robust version of the local 180 line. And then the, the BRT will sort of serve as more of that, uh, that regional type line along this corridor. Thank you, Scott. Um, see what else, uh, I'm trying to see how many, if I was able to capture all the questions, but uh, how about the potential ridership? Can you address uh, what's, the, what's the projected ridership on this project? Yeah, uh, 35,000 daily riders projected for this project. Okay, and uh, do you have, uh, is that immediate or is that uh, you know projected within the next, you know, uh, how many years after operation? Yeah, so that's based on our modeling with the 2042 horizon, but the uh, the opening day ridership is still at, at about 30,000 daily boardings. 
Okay. okay. And uh, here's another question about the simulation. Back to that question. Who would be in charge of that if, if it were to be possible? Uh, who, would, who would lead the charge? Is that something with us or city? And and I guess uh, the, the main question is how how can it happen? Who would we uh, work with? Yeah, again, my, my first thought on that was was that it would be a city of LA responsibility since they they are they're the ones who own the the right of way, the street right of way. Uh, so my first thought would be to uh, get connected with uh, LA DOT. Okay, thanks. And uh, uh, let me see what else we have here. Uh, question about whether recordings be available up to, up to today's meeting. The the answer is yes. Well, once we uh, were able to capture the the recording, it'll be uploaded on the project webpage at metro.net slash and no hope past BRT. Um, and uh, I think the last question that I can remember was uh, about the one lane, how that came about before the draft EIR. Um, is there any more you can elaborate on that? And uh, I guess what and the question is probably why it wasn't it pursued back then or, or whatnot, as far as you know, uh, evaluating it during the, uh, the draft EIR. Yeah, so I, I answered that question earlier in the context of had we had we looked at it, had we considered that is as a potential option to go down to one travel lane in each direction as we ultimately are recommending elsewhere along the corridor. Um, and, and so, yeah, we did look at that at sort of a higher level before we um, ultimately got into the environmental impact report. We had already done a lot of outreach up to that point in time during public scoping, especially when we first proposed uh, possibly doing BRT along Colorado. We didn't at that point have any details on a, a potential configuration. Um, so when we, we did a lot of that initial public outreach, just based on a lot of the comments we heard at that point, the uh, one of the primary goals or one of the goals in implementing this project through Eagle Rock was to be able to implement dedicated bus lanes on Colorado, um, but to do so in a way that would preserve the, the both travel lanes in each direction. And so that's what we ultimately had looked at as part of the that envir draft environmental phase as well as the freeway option, since a number of people had asked us to look at a freeway option during scoping. So we did ultimately add that as, a, as an option as well. Thanks, Scott. Uh, let's go on to the next questions. Again, if you uh, had asked a question before, again, we asked you, lower, lower your hand. We have quite a bit of people still up. Um, we're after 8 p.m. here. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're past our third hour of, uh, of uh, this meeting. And again, uh, thank you for those of you who have uh, stayed in attendance. Um, again, if you would join us late, again, we answered quite a bit of questions, and then this recording will be available for you to view at a later time uh, on the project webpage. So uh, again, please be patient, but if you can be brief, uh, a little more brief with your questions so we can get to them, and uh, please limit your questions. Again, uh, we won't be able to, to take as many questions uh, to be able to, uh, to get to all the folks that are still uh, have their hands raised. But again, if you have asked a question before, please lower your hand so we can just get to the folks that have not been able to ask their questions now. So with that, let's go to Mark Gwynn, followed by John Kerr, uh, and then Rebecca. Uh, so Mark, if you could please unmute yourself. Got it. Hi. Hello. I'm a, I'm a real live Eagle Rock resident. Uh, my family and I have lived on Lolita Avenue since 2008. Um, first, I really appreciate the work that your team has done to incorporate the beautiful boulevard ideas and to improve the design along Colorado, uh, especially the elements that limit the traffic lanes in favor of pedestrian safety and bike use. Um, I think the renderings look great. I think the design makes Eagle Rock look like a more desirable place to live or visit, not a place bisected by a six lane highway. We already have a highway running to our immediate north. Um, so these are my questions. I'm wondering if Metro has performed any analysis of traffic rerouting 
if you have supporting evidence for the concerns of residents regarding increased through traffic on side streets. This has been an ongoing uh, item of discussion and it, it feels very notional right now. I don't, we don't have any data to work with. So I understand why the concern exists. I, I can imagine it on a kind of common sense level, but I'm wondering where's the data? Uh, the second question is if you do expect traffic rerouting onto neighborhood streets, do you have mitigation plans? And the last question is regarding traffic. Have you considered adding parking garages to the east and west ends of Colorado so that non-residents can use shuttles to reach destinations within Eagle Rock and possibly reduce traffic on the boulevard? Um, so thanks for this and uh, all the other opportunities that you've given me and others to, uh, to provide feedback. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Scott, can you uh, address these questions, uh, starting with the traffic rerouting study? It's been one and uh, what, what type of impacts would be anticipated? Yeah, so as, as Brent touched on earlier, uh, the, the CEQA or the, the environmental impact report process does not include that type of analysis. The, uh, the, the, the metric used for transportation impacts in the environmental impact report is a vehicle miles traveled metric. That said, uh, the city of LA does have its own requirements as far as traffic analysis goes, which is why we, we have done um, some um, analysis for the city and uh, we anticipate we would uh, probably do some additional analysis including uh, a potential look at, at what uh, what kind of uh, traffic might occur in, in some of the uh, um, surrounding uh, neighborhoods from Colorado based on an option like this and again that's outside of the environmental impact report but something that we would continue to uh, work with the city of LA on. And I think another follow-up was about the mitigation plan for traffic if it's been developed or is there such a thing that could be uh, looked into. Yeah, that's that's something that I think um, would be looked into after we uh, coordinate with the city of LA on it. Again, it wouldn't be a part of uh, the environmental impact report as it relates to what some of these uh, congestion effects could be. But uh, but yeah, we will we would coordinate with the city of LA on that. Okay, and then the last question about parking garages on both ends of Eagle Rock is that something that uh, is part of this project plan, or is that is that something that's being evaluated? Um, no, the, the really the goal here is, is to get as many people on the BRT as possible so they don't have to use their cars for one. I mean, I, I wanted to stress that uh, for one, but two, um, as far as parking garages go, there's a couple of challenges there. One, a lack of available property or right of way in order to construct such a garage. And two, it would, uh, it would almost certainly be cost prohibitive for us to look into uh, structures themselves. And again, our focus is on, on building a robust BRT that people can get to um, either uh, via a first, like first last mile type improvements to be able to sort of walk or bike or, or take another bus to get to, uh, to to access the BRT and to access Eagle Rock. Okay, thanks, Scott. Uh, okay, in the interest of time, let's go on to our next uh, call, uh, callers uh, or folks that are on the line. And again, if you can limit your questions to two, uh, so we can get through more, many more of these uh, folks. I don't want to. I don't want to skip any. So we're going to go with John Kerr, followed by Rebecca uh, Kalaskas, and then T H. So John Kerr, if you can unmute yourself, you're you're permitted to speak here. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you for staying late. My name is John Kerr. I am an Eagle Rock homeowner. Um, although I've only lived in the neighborhood for over two, a little over two years now, not as long as some others, um, but I, I, I am a real life person. I'm also a real life bicycle commuter, um, commuting from my home in Eagle Rock in the before times to my job at, um, in Universal, uh, Universal City. 
Um, so I've had a lot of experience with the bike lanes and Colorado, um, you know, in my in my time living here. Um, I'm very grateful um, that Metro seem, is no longer supporting um, the side running bus bike lanes. Losing those bike lanes would be, um, you know, really terrifying um, to have to share with bikes, but primarily would also make a terrible transit experience for riders to have the buses slow down for cyclists in the lanes, obviously to be to be safe. And I think that we go back to that word at the very beginning of this presentation, which is premium service. And LA does need premium transit service, um, primarily to serve the needs of Metro's core uh, core users, the real, the true stakeholders here um, are transit users um, who are already using the Metro bus system to get where they need to go. Those people are not necessarily always the same as uh, many of the other Eagle Rock stakeholders who you've heard from tonight. I'm thinking particularly the people who work in Eagle Rock's wonderful restaurants um, or commute to their jobs um, you know, in Pasadena, Glendale, or Burbank, what have you. So please, you know, keep in mind that we want to make transit the best possible experience for the true stakeholders who use the system. Premium transit to me is transit with left side boarding um, for BRT on, uh, in, center, um, in center lanes. This will, again, enable safer consolidated platforms um, that aren't separated by multiple blocks, as we've heard from multiple other commenters, um, particularly in downtown Eagle Rock having a consolidated station where riders want to be and where transit users need to get to. Um, you know, again, right at Eagle Rock and Casper is the right way to go. Um, but also like the, the all the mixed uses will potentially slow down the route, um, which again, degrades the transit experience, which um, again, we wanna have the best transit experience possible for, for both our users and to, I guess, attract new riders. Um, um, you know, I, and I look over at our neighbor in San Bernardino with their SBX project. They have left center busing, so San Bernardino can procure those buses and make a transit projects like that work. So can Los Angeles. Um, lastly, transit users are also cyclists and pedestrians um, like myself. So as much as Metro has incorporated parts of the boulevard, the beautiful boulevard proposal, I think they can do more, particularly in downtown Eagle Rock. Um, there was already discussion earlier this evening about us raising the bike lanes to the sidewalk level level um, and there's some concerns about cost and feasibility but i do think that now is the time to take great action to make a world-class complete street um, um, with the uh, sidewalk raised bike lanes it would also have a benefit of having raised crosswalks which will um, benefit parents with strollers um, people who use canes, crutches, and uh, people who use wheelchairs to get around. Um, so those are a few of my my comments this evening. Thank you so much again for incorporating what you have, but I think you can do even more um, uh, with uh, with this in Eagle Rock following the beautiful Boulevard proposal. So thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, next uh, three folks again, Rebecca Kalaskas, uh, TH, and Bob uh, Babajian. So uh, Rebecca, you are able to unmute yourself and speak. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Great. Um, I'm a Burbank resident. I live off of Olive, so I will not be commenting on Eagle Rock tonight. I'm going to talk about Burbank. Um, I am a huge supporter of the project um, and thank you so much for including the Verdugo station. I'm really looking forward to using that on a regular basis. Um, however, I am slightly concerned about uh, the current configuration 
proposed along Olive as well as the Metrolink station. Um, the curbside running configuration would require adding essentially an additional travel lane to Olive, which is already um, wide and traffic is flowing very fast. Um, so in order to cross Olive, um, we're looking at crossing six to seven lanes of traffic. Um, and you're also talking about narrowing the sidewalks and potentially removing mature trees. Um, so all of that is very concerning to me. Um, so my question is, if you looked at, I know you presented to the Metro City Council regarding um, taking a travel lane. Um, one of my questions is whether when you did that analysis, if you looked at the um, reconfiguration of the Verdugo-Olive intersection that the city is considering. Um, and my second question is whether you considered at all a mixed traffic um, configuration. Um, I have never sat in any congestion on Olive. Uh, the buses that run now run on like 30 minute headway. So like that's the biggest deterrent to taking transit, um, not congestion. So I, I wanna understand what the problem is that's trying being solved along Olive by adding an additional travel lane. Um, and potentially making it more dangerous to cross the street. Um, let's see, uh, and then what is the speed of the buses that will be going up and down Olive? Um, the second question relates to the Metrolink station. Um, the lake uh, location is very far from the station, the Metrolink station itself. Um, and I wanna know, if Metro has coordinated with Metrolink on this, um, I would imagine that they would be very interested in making sure that this uh, transfer is designed properly. Um, I also wanna know if you've talked with Caltrans about the bridge widening. Um, as they mentioned the city council, I mean, the five is a huge barrier um, in Burbank and so um, the bridges are not designed to safely walk across at this point. I would never walk across it with my children. I would never walk to try to access that station with my children. Um, and I use Metrolink uh, on a regular basis in pre-COVID times. Uh, and then what is the schedule for the first last mile um, planning? Um, are the sidewalk improvements that were discussed uh, to access the Metrolink station, would those be part of the project definition as it is approved now, or is that part of first last mile planning? Um, and I just wanted to also reiterate that I think that Buena Vista station was important. Um, so I'm a little disappointed that that dot dropped. Um, and I think that is it. I'm sorry for all the questions. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Scott. Uh, you can uh, join us here. There's uh, quite a bit of questions and these are all uh, uh, regarding the VRT in uh, Burbank. And let's start with the questions about the consideration of uh, what the city's current plans are uh, on Olive Boulevard and if, uh, if there's any coordination with them about this and how, how we're going about the coordination of this. And there's also another question about mixed flow traffic. Has that been studied on Olive Avenue for, for Burbank? So to answer the first question about the Olive Verdugo intersection improvements that the city has planned, I mean, we've, we've had ongoing discussions with them for quite a while on what that could potentially be. <laughs> Um, we unfortunately have not had the chance yet to review any design plans on that. Um, however, certainly when those design plans are available, we will uh, analyze them and make them work with whatever uh, ultimate project ends up on all of them. I don't know, Brent, if you have anything to add to that, but uh, I think that's where we are in terms of, of the intersection. 
Right, we would be looking at it once we know what their intention is in more specific detail. And then uh, as to the question about a potential mixed traffic type uh, consideration, uh, I mean, the, the goal of the BRT is to get dedicated bus lanes along as much of, uh, of, of the corridor as possible. Uh, the dedicated bus lanes are, are a key component of BRT. And really the, the purpose of the study up to this point and looking at it in the EIR is to understand what, uh, how a dedicated bus lane could work on each street, what sort of the effects and the benefits would be. So that's how we've uh, approached it um, up to this point in time. And um, ultimately the, the benefits of the dedicated bus lanes would certainly be there along all of as they would elsewhere on our corridor. Um, there would be a bus speed improvement that is part of it. In addition to that, there would be a big reliability benefit as well, not only currently, um, but also into the future. Because as, as congestion sort of swings throughout the day where you get rush hour in the evening, you know, at, at different times of day, evening, uh, morning, what have you, um, the buses are largely immune to those sort of swings in, in congestion and varying run times. So the buses will arrive more predictably and reliably and on time with this type of service, as well as over time, because traffic is likely only going to get worse on these streets. It'll get worse on all of um, as, as more cars spill onto it. So the having the dedicated bus lanes allows the buses to uh, to avoid sort of that long-term degradation in speed and reliability. And I would also note that um, existing buses on Olive, namely Burbank bus and the pink line that's on Olive would also be able to use those, those bus lanes and uh, derive that benefit. Thanks, Scott. And I think uh, the, 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 there's a follow-up question about uh, dedicated bus lanes and uh, mixed flow, but uh, the speeds of the buses and like, you know, she's asking what, the, what do you consider the speeds of the buses to be on Olive Boulevard? Uh, I'm guessing the whatever the current uh, speeds will, we're not planning on going anything right. or exceeding any of that. It's just uh, eliminated uh, any traffic congestion for the buses. But uh, did I get that right, or is there any additional? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, now the the question about the uh, the location of the lake station and in coordination with the Metrolink transfer, uh, the distance about that. I think that we can also coordinate uh, add that with the first last mile plan as far as uh, what the distance is, but has that, uh, what is the distance uh, between the, that lake station and the Metrolink station and or in conjunction with that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's about a third of a mile, roughly. And uh, to, to answer the question specifically about some of the improvements that I, I mentioned at a high level, I mean, again, we're in an early phase of design. We haven't totally flushed out what some of the improvements would be, but our initial look is that, our initial thought is that we would include some, some lighting improvements uh, between the station uh, between the two stations as well as some uh, wayfinding type signage and that would be incorporated as the project that would be um, separate from some of the other first last mile uh, planning that, that may occur along the corridor okay thanks and I, I think that was another question about the schedule for first last mile planning and when we anticipate that and what the process entails for first last mile planning for this project and and uh, whatnot. Is there any additional first last mile updates before we uh, uh, the next question on this? Yeah, I, I think uh, the goal of the first last mile, first of all, is it, I think there needs to sort of be a, a final decision on where the project's going to go and which stations we're going to be serving. Now, in, in Burbank, that is pretty straightforward. It's not as straightforward elsewhere along the route. Um, so I think the first step is is having the board approve a proposed project. And then once we sort of work through that and, and some of the design refinements and complete the EIR and move into preliminary engineering, then it'll be more of an opportunity to start looking at uh, 
um, some of the first last mile planning efforts. Okay, thanks. And I think hopefully I caught the, this as maybe the last question about um, Caltrans coordination on the on the bridge widening. I think that's what she was asking about. Uh, is there any talks about that? I, I don't think that that was uh, something that uh, we were looking into, but uh, you, you're, you've been coordinating with all the other agencies, but has there any of that been considered or discussed? Well, I mean, we've coordinated from the get-go with both Caltrans and Metrolink. Um, as, as far as the bridge widening specifically, no, we have not coordinated with Caltrans on that. Um, a bridge widening is just, just simply something we cannot, uh, that, would, that would be cost prohibitive for the project. So the station, as we had proposed it in the draft EIR for the station at the top of the Olive Avenue Bridge, that was based on the existing bridge as it's currently designed. But then again, based on some of the concerns felt by the city about whether uh, the infrastructure needed could be accommodated given the, ex the existing bridge um, design and age had us relook at this lake station. But then again, if, if, if ultimately the city is able and willing to widen the bridge, then it could present the opportunity to install the infrastructure that we need to have that safe uh, pedestrian uh, signalized crosswalk across the bridge. And uh, again, we would be willing to, to look at relocating the lake station back up to the top of the bridge at that time. All right, thanks, Scott. Uh, let's go on to our next uh, questions. Uh, callers, we have uh, TH followed by Bob. Uh, Babajian and uh, Natalie Freeberg. So TH, uh, you are permitted to unmute uh, yourself. You can uh, go ahead and start uh, talking. Hi, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Hi, my name is Terrence and I am also a homeowner and a parent of young kids and I just wanted to express my support for the beautiful Boulevard plan. Um, I'm also concerned about the language around real stakeholders. Um, I think the people that ride the bus now in Colorado are the real stakeholders that stand to gain from this policy along with the community. And I'm a little bit concerned that this meeting isn't in Spanish since such a large percent of that percentage of them speak Spanish. And I'd like to know what outreach there has been to that community to make sure that their voice is heard. Um, very quickly, I just wanna say that my family, uh, we're gonna choose the transportation mode that is most convenient and most efficient. So if the status quo remains in Eagle Rock, then we're gonna drive and add traffic uh, because it's slow to ride the bus and it's terrifying to ride a bike. And it's a super unpleasant pedestrian experience because of the speed of cars traveling down Colorado Boulevard. Um, and so with this uh, incredible bus lanes and with these incredible bike lanes, uh, my family will be motivated to hop on the bus and ride bikes around Eagle Rock, which, uh, and walk around and um, and shop and eat at Casabianca Pizza, but we're gonna get there by bus. Uh, I think that Eagle Rock should plan for the traffic that they want as opposed to the traffic that they have. And bike, bus, and walking traffic is the type of traffic that you wanna have. Uh, the status quo is that we have, as that gentleman said, a six lane highway. And I don't know why people want the status quo, which is just a place where people drive 50 to get to the 134. We have a chance to make Eagle Rock like Larchmont Boulevard, a once in a generation chance to make it like Larchmont Boulevard or like the downtown of Sierra Madre, a true main street to transform the community and the way that we interact in it and a place where we can let go of our kids' hands and not worry about them getting run over by a car going 50. Let's let go of our kids' hands. Let's have a beautiful boulevard. Thank you for your time. Thank you, uh, TH. And 
just so uh, I wanted to clarify, this meeting is uh, being conducted also in Spanish. And, and uh, if you look at the uh, bottom right hand corner, there is an opportunity to go and uh, listen in on Spanish if you are a Spanish speaker. But I, I made the announcement at the beginning of the meeting. Uh, um, if there are no Spanish speakers uh, in that channel, then our interpreter is not speaking in Spanish. But, um, you know, this meeting is being uh, made available in Spanish should uh, that be needed. Uh, additional uh, outreach that you were asking about Spanish speakers, uh, our notifications are bilingual. Uh, in many cases, uh, we were actually providing them in uh, multiple languages, uh, uh, English, uh, Spanish, Armenian, and Tagalog. So, um, you know, just so uh, everyone is in the know that we have been doing as much outreach in multiple languages as possible. But again, um, with COVID times that's going on right now, the the, uh, the engagement and to be able to uh, to, uh, to speak to, to people one-on-one -on -one, uh, in person has been a little bit more challenging, but we are uh, doing everything possible. We always appreciate any help uh, to, to spread the word. And thank you for those of you who are here for this meeting. Um, okay, next three people to speak are uh, Bob Babajian, uh, uh, Natalie Freeberg, and Joe Linton. Bob, if you can uh, unmute yourself, you are uh, permitted to speak here. Oh, hello, everyone. Hi, Metro. Thank you for holding this meeting. Um, I'm a 10 year resident of Eagle Rock. Um, I just like to echo everything that that last caller said. I'm in full support of the project. I'm really excited to use it. Um, I live north of Colorado Boulevard and I currently walk to Trader Joe's to do my grocery shopping. I walk to the dry cleaners. I do have a car, but um, with this new project, I'm excited that it would be safer to walk in the area. And like the last caller said, um, I would use the bus more. I use it sometimes, but I don't use it as much because you know it's slow, it stops a lot, and it's in the other lanes, and it's just not worth it sometimes. But I will use it, the, the bus now that it has a dedicated bus lane and it will be faster to get to places like Old Town Pasadena or places like that. Um, I have a few questions that kind of relate to that comment. Um, you talked about enforcement of the, of the, and you call them dedicated bus lanes. Are these protected bus lanes? And if there's no enforcement, I'm just afraid, like I know that the Wilshire Boulevard BRT lanes, there's been a problem with no enforcement and just cars just using them like regular lanes or Lyft and Uber stopping in those lanes, UPS stopping in the lanes. And that will really you know, degrade the premium experience that Metro's spending all this money to implement here. And if that happens, like all this money seems to be going to waste. Like we need to ensure that there's proper enforcement or bollards or something to protect these bus lanes so people don't start just using them and blocking the bus and you know the point of having a fast bus to compete with car traffic um also another question was will the sidewalks be um extended or widened besides the current bulb out um proposals um now that you know you know there's going to be less car traffic and more room for sidewalks are they going to be widened besides the bulb outs like in the middle of the block um, another question is, um, I do support um, moving that Eagle Rock bus stop um, east towards Casper and Maywood. So it's directly across from the current south bus stop that's proposed. Um, and you say that there's a bike buffer. Is, is the, are the bike lanes gonna be protected or is there just like a buff? I don't understand what the buffer is there. Um, I'm also concerned about the fast traffic coming off of the 134 and onto Colorado Boulevard when they exit and go west. You know, there's a, the 134 Colorado Boulevard exit when you're going westbound and then it merges right onto Colorado Boulevard and traffic doesn't really slow down there. 
And so if they catch the light on Eagle Vista, crossing the street at Lolita and, Bull and Colorado Boulevard is really dangerous because traffic's really going fast there. And I, and I noticed in your presentation earlier, you said you're gonna be adding more crosswalks. Are there gonna be added crosswalks between that 134 merge onto Colorado Boulevard and Lolita Boulevard, just to help slow down that or calm that traffic there? And that's all, I'm excited for the project. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Uh, Scott, there were a few questions here. Um, uh, I'll answer the first one, uh, I, I discussed it before, but about enforcement of dedicated bus lanes and if there's an enforcement. Uh, currently, there isn't uh, an enforcement um, per se with, you know, but uh, uh, there is a assembly bill that is out there that will help with uh, enforcing uh, these uh, violations uh, through uh, photos that on cameras that would be placed on buses that would be on the dedicated bus lanes. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Again, that, uh, that's something new and uh, we're, we're still waiting to see if that's gonna be something that could be enforced. Again, local jurisdiction uh, is also uh, up to them to enforce it. But again, it, it depends on where we are with the, with the project and, and where it runs on, on that part of the enforcement. Um, there is a question about uh, uh, widening sidewalks, Scott, and in uh, core, is it you know are we gonna is there any plan to widen it besides just the bolt outs that are that are already uh, in the planning stages with the city of LA? Uh, generally speaking, no. The existing sidewalk conditions would uh, would would largely remain. I think the exception would be where we're proposing uh, side running stations. Where really in Eagle Rock, we are just proposing the one set of sidewalk uh, of, uh, of of side running stations over by Broadway. Um, and there, there would be uh, some sidewalk um, expansion to accommodate those stations. Okay, thanks, Scott. Another question was about: uh, to, Can you elaborate a little bit more about what the the buffered bike lanes are, and and how what what I guess what is considered the buffer uh, for the bike lanes? Sure. Yeah. So the the buffer can be a couple of different things. At the very least, it could be like a, a separate striping between sort of the existing bike lane and then and then where the bike lane ends. There could be a buffered space. Of, uh, of a number of feet. That's how we're sort of proposing it. Another option is to put in some sort of a physical barrier, most likely in the form of like a bollards or something like that. That could also be an option for buffers. All right, I think uh, the last question was about the uh, Colorado exit off ramp uh, going westbound from the 134, uh, about the dangers there and, and how, whether there'll be more crosswalks. Uh, I guess he's, his question was more about the uh, 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 slowing traffic and given that he, I think he had mentioned that the, the traffic or at least the exit speeds there can be uh, pretty fast uh, from the freeway. Brent, would you mind speaking about? Sure, yeah, sure. We're gonna, you know, the plans are still evolving. However, we are indicating a new traffic signal and a crosswalk at Linda Rosa. And I think I had previously indicated that the signal retiming that would take place would take into consideration uh, appropriate and safe operating speeds. All right, thanks. Thank you. Let's go to our next three folks. So we have Natalie Freeberg, followed by Joe Linton, followed by uh, Jean Leland. So Natalie, uh, you can unmute yourself. You're able to speak here. Hello. Uh, thank you very much for this opportunity and for all your hard work. Appreciate you all staying late. I'm fortunate to be a homeowner on Hermosa, just off of Colorado, so I'm right in the thick of it. For the record, I'm the co-chair of the Land Use and Planning Committee for the Eagle Rock Neighborhood Council, but I'm speaking here as a private citizen. 
In that capacity, I support the aspects of the beautiful boulevard which you've adopted, and I look forward to sitting on a sidewalk outside one of our local restaurants and having passing traffic be slower and quieter, especially since SB 314 is more than likely to make outdoor dining a permanent opportunity. Thank you also for understanding some of our key community concerns, specifically preserving the medians, keeping all or most of the parking, and keeping the bike lanes. Which brings me to my first question. Have any of the other proposals hit all three of those targets? I also happen to be the president of the Silver Lake Chamber of Commerce, and I've been working closely with restaurants in Silver Lake during the pandemic. I started to also do that with Eagle Rock restaurants about seven months ago once I realized that they needed help too. Regardless of the outreach which you have done, I'd like to mention the many people that I've been speaking with who just aren't able to be on this call, specifically business owners, especially restaurant owners, and employees in Eagle Rock. Many of the restaurant owners have told me that approximately 50% of their staff uses public transportation. Those employees aren't at this meeting, but the beautiful boulevard has received signed employee petitions which support essentially this refined F1 proposal. As one small business owner said to me, Please tell Metro that unless they have meetings before 7 a.m. or after 9 p.m., I'm working. I gave you permission to use my logo for the beautiful boulevard. You didn't steal it. Because like the other business owners who've signed on to it, I believe this will be good for our businesses. My other question then is, if those owners are not able, or those employees are not able to be on any of these calls, but they've signed the petition and given per permission for their business names to be used as part of the coalition that supports the beautiful boulevard proposal, Will that support still be counted, along with the over 600 people who've signed that petition? Again, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Scott, uh, there, was, uh, there was a question about uh, the, if the, this latest proposal hits uh, the three tar targets that she had mentioned. Uh, can you uh, elaborate on, on, on that question? Sure, so if I, if I recall correctly, the three targets um, as laid out were uh, bike lanes, medians, and parking. I, I hope I, I have those three uh, correct. And, and the answer is that uh, this proposal does retain those elements more so uh, than, uh, than any of the other concepts that we've looked at. Um, they do retain the buffered bike lanes at approximately the same width that they are now. Um, Medians, as I mentioned before, would be preserved in a, in a full wide fashion as they currently exist. This is uh, the proposal. This is a, a big change from our original F1, which did narrow them and make them less contiguous. Um, and then from a parking standpoint, yeah, this one does preserve most of the parking. And so, I mean, the, the basic um, the, the sort of takeaway here is that when you're, when you're planning a BRT with dedicated bus lanes, something has to give, right? I mean, you need that right of way to come from somewhere. And so looking at all of our different proposals, I mean, we've, we've looked at um, how we can do it and maintain the travel lanes. We've looked at um, sort of sort of what the, the difference is in with potential impacts to medians and, and compared to parking. And then we looked at the bus bike lane combination that would preserve a lot of these other elements, but then the buffered bike lanes would, would, uh, would become uh, bus lanes that bikes could, could share. And this proposal does take the travel lane that used to be Go Rock Boulevard, but in doing so, it does allow a lot of these other elements to be maintained largely as they are today. Thanks, Scott. And uh, the question about uh, those who are not able to attend, again, we, you know, uh, that, again, the, the, the final decision is by the Metro Board, and they, they always take into consideration any and all comments that are made uh, to the Metro Board. So if, if anyone has any, any additional 
uh, comments or, or you know, recommendations. Again, you can make them to the Metro Board when this project moves forward uh, to, uh, to be uh, uh, decided on by the Metro Board in May. So um, they, they always welcome and take any and all comments. So again, uh, hopefully that's, uh, that's, uh, that helps answer that question. We do have uh, more questions, more hands raised. So let's go with uh, uh, Joe Linton, followed by John Leland, followed by Rebecca. So Joe, you are uh, able to unmute and ask your question, please. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Um, yeah, I just want to say that I'm a, I'm very supportive of Beautiful Boulevard and of Metro taking more aspects of Beautiful Boulevard into the plan, including um, the left side boarding, the sidewalk level bike lane. And uh, some, some folks earlier had um, yeah, brought up the, you know, concern with fire trucks and emergency responses. And I, I think that really argues for, I'm sure those folks would be in support of, of um, doing more center running um, BRT, including west of Eagle Rock Boulevard. Um, can you explain why the why it would be side running in that area and not center running, especially if we can do left side boarding? especially for the fire trucks and all the congestion. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Scott, uh, yeah, the question's about uh, uh, why not center running uh, east of Eagle Rock Boulevard in Colorado and why, why are we looking at side running instead? Yeah, and so I, I did lay out some of that in the presentation. I'd be, I'd be happy to go through uh, some of it again and, and Brent, feel free to jump in. I, I will touch on the, the left door boarding concept um, a, a single left door boarding platform uh, would not work well over uh, near Broadway in Colorado. I mean, I can say that right off the bat. There just simply isn't enough room in the center of the street for something like that over in that area um, because of the left turn pockets and uh, sort of the transitions that are going on there um, and, and just all the activity in general. I mean, there's a number of other challenges as well with uh, crosswalks that would be needed to access the center platform. Um, in this area and to implement crosswalks again in this really complicated area where you have Colorado and Broadway um, merging and then where you have Sierra Villa also would, would add some uh, some challenges as well. Um, Brent, do you wanna add anything to that? Sure, well, I think you've mentioned that uh, we have a bit of a traffic knot over there because you've got the two different roads, both of which service freeway off-ramps coming together there. So there's a lot of congestion. Um, the center running configuration at that location would require left turn lanes to be operating uh, separately from the um, bus so that the bus would actually have to uh, hold the traffic at the left turn lanes and that would actually make it more difficult for pedestrians to get across the street. With the side running configuration there, the, the buses and the traffic move at the same time and the only uh, need for the left turn lane and then it's just for the left turners so that it's easier to get the pedestrians across the street. Uh, so that was mainly done for pedestrian uh, timing. All right, thank you, uh, Brent and Scott. And uh, thank you, Joe, for, for uh, one of our shorter questions. Uh, let's hopefully they'll have more more uh, of these questions again. And thank you for those of you who are still on the, on the call with us. We are approaching our fourth hour, but hopefully we'll be wrapping this up soon. Uh, the next three folks who are uh, going to speak uh, are John, John Leland, uh, Rebecca, and Severin. So, uh, John, you're next to speak. If you can unmute yourself. Thank you, and I'm Jean Leland, and I'm I'm going to say only. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. 
Oh, thank you. Um, I've been a resident of Eagle Rock for 47 years. So I say that only because I have seen Colorado Boulevard in many, many configurations over the years. So my questions are, number one, how many of the locations on the entire route from North Hollywood into Pasadena have only one single lane of traffic at your have in, um, call in Eagle Rock and where on the route are they? And then number two, I wanna address the section of the route just between Eagle Rock Boulevard and Linda Rosa. <clears throat> A quick count on, excuse me, <clears throat> Mac, Mac Quest, it looks like it's only 15 blocks long. I don't know how many miles, whatever. And it's mostly commercial property. So I'm wondering why why does that section of the road need to be a dedicated line lane for BRT? Because I figure if you're sending a bus out of North Hollywood every 10 minutes, that would mean that there's 50 minutes of time every hour that that lane is unoccupied. And I can't even picture what the traffic in the single lane is gonna look like when you've now crammed two lanes of traffic and all buses, other buses into that lane. And then we have people parallel parking. So I can't even picture what that is. So I'm wondering if there is a compromise where, for example, maybe by hours that from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. it would be a dedicated lane. And then from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. it could be a mixed lane where it's shared or if there could be some flashing light that indicates at this point in time, it's okay to get into that lane. But if there are circumstances that it isn't okay, then you have some other signaling to let the traffic know you gotta stay over in that other side. So over the years, what I've seen is in this stretch of uh, commercial property is that these people get their supplies and send their packages out by large commercial trucks who park in a lane of traffic. And what we see is we have to go around them because the back door of the truck is open and the delivery person has taken a, uh, you know, a dolly with boxes of goods in. So when we're down to one lane of traffic, where are these trucks gonna park? Because there are no driveways next to these buildings and many of them not have alleys behind them. So I don't know I mean, that's many blocks of businesses that are affected. And my last thing is a suggestion to you for future presentations like this. It would be wonderful when you are about to give your answer, if you put up the map of the segment of the route we're talking about. So as you're giving us answers to say at Casper or at whatever, we're able to look at it and understand better what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. Uh, Scott, uh, there were some uh, quite a few questions here, so I wanted to, to ask uh, and ask you these questions. But the first one was about how many lanes, I'm sorry, how many locations uh, have only a single lane of traffic uh, along this alignment? And if you can share where they are. Sure, so there are two segments of the corridor outside of Eagle Rock where we are also proposing um, a configuration that would have a result in one travel lane in each direction. That one location is on Central, um, heading down uh, the spine of, of Glendale, and then the other would be on Broadway, also uh, in Glendale. All right, thanks, uh, Scott. Another question was, uh, uh, 
the why does the section need to be a dedicated lane for BRT between uh, Eagle Rock on Eagle Rock uh, between Eagle Rock Boulevard and Linda Rosa? Uh, I think that the question was about uh, um, you know uh, the concerns about traffic, and then a, there were follow ups as to can there be some sort of compromise where it's uh, you know it's uh, mixed mixed use uh, lane uh, from six a to seven p.m. and then dedicated times other uh, other times. Uh, is that is is a sounds like a hybrid she's asking about is there something like that that's in that's that could be proposed or is that something that's been considered well so peak peak period bus lanes um is something that we have not evaluated per se in the environmental impact report we've we've studied and gone under an operational assumption of, of all day uh bus <laughs> lanes so that we can get that benefit all day um and uh, the EIR sort of, I mean, by looking at all day, you can kind of evaluate sort of the full, fullest extent of what the impacts could be with an all day lane. That's how we've approached it. Now, whether um, a peak period sort of bus lane that would then revert back to mixed traffic during certain hours, whether that would be um, operationally practical and feasible for um, the, uh, the section uh, in, in Eagle Rock. Um, Brent, would you mind weighing in on that a little bit? Um, well, the configuration that we're currently looking at wouldn't really accommodate that because the, the left turn pockets to uh, allow the maneuvers to occur, you know, from the mixed flow lane uh, to make the left turns and whatnot, they're outboard from the bus lanes. And I don't think we could have mixed traffic, you know, operating inboard from the left turn bays. Uh, it would, you know, certainly could be looked at, but it would require a completely different design concept. All right, thanks. And the rest were, I think, pretty much comments about uh, putting the maps uh, segments when we're talking about certain um, areas. So I think that's a good, that's a good suggestion. But again, we we don't we're not we don't normally have four-hour meetings um, uh, where we would you know uh, exhort ex, ex, you know exert our our, uh, our maps and going back and forth. All right, uh, let's go on to our next folks. So we have uh, Rebecca followed by Severin followed by Alec. Rebecca, if you can please unmute yourself. Uh, you're able to speak and ask your questions here. Hi, I'll be one of those classic people that say they've lived in Eagle Rock for a couple of decades. Um, my home is within earshot of Colorado Boulevard. I love living within earshot of Colorado Boulevard. I love this neighborhood. It's a great part. Um, one of the things I'm familiar with is that the last time we reduced lanes on Colorado, we went from three to two and there was quite a lot of hubbub and and, and squawking about that, that Hill Boulevard was going to get all this traffic and that never came to pass. So um, the people that say that Colorado will be, I mean that Hill will become a new thoroughfare, um, I find that to be uh, just, just noise. Um, but what I am interested in is at one point um, Someone asked about the compensation plans for the mom and pop shops of, of Eagle Rock. One of the things that makes Eagle Rock a special community and why you have so much um, love and attention coming from our neighborhood is that we are primarily a mom and pop community. And we spend our money in Eagle Rock and we support our local businesses who are frequently run by other Eagle Rockers. Mm. I'm deeply concerned that we did not get a commitment from Metro at this point as to how those businesses, which have suffered tremendously during the pandemic, might be affected uh, negatively. Um, 
I am a huge proponent of this plan. I've been to a number of the meetings. I believe in what you're doing. I believe in all of it, um, but I need to find out how you're gonna take care of, of those businesses. I'm a little bit confused also about why um, this route is not gonna go to the Burbank airport, which is something else someone mentioned. Um, as much um, is being done to try to get something to go from um, from a, a you know a, a, a something to uh, LAX, having this come up about but not go to Burbank, um, I, I'd like to know why that happened or why that didn't why that isn't part of it. Um, and lastly, someone at once said that they didn't know who was on the beautification um, plan that that you have looked at and taken so many. Um, plant ideas from which I'm very grateful to see and I'd like to just get it into the record that that can be found at www.eaglerockforward.org forward slash coalition which lists a huge number of the different organizations individuals and businesses that are completely on board and looking forward to seeing how you can help Eagle Rock become part of a broader plan thanks Thank you, uh, uh, Scott. Um, well, before we go to you, uh, uh, thank you for your question. And uh, again, uh, I, I see your concern about the uh, the business interruption fund about not not committing to it. And unfortunately, I, I, we're not the we're, we're we're not the folks who can make that decision. It is up to the Metro Board. But again, this this is where you all come into play. Uh, again, the Metro Board makes that decision, and it could always be requested. Um, for consideration uh, at, at our Metro boards. And we encourage all of you to, to participate in the process and, and uh, be notified as well uh, when these, uh, these meetings happen. So we will definitely let you know. Thank you for, for your concern about the small businesses. Again, yeah, Eagle Rock is, is, a, is, is, a, is well known for the small businesses and uh, we appreciate what all the small businesses have been uh, having to, to deal with just to, to stay afloat right now. Uh, question, Scott, about the Burbank Airport. Um, I know that uh, in the beginning stages we were that that was one consideration, but why uh, did we no longer consider it, or and what what does what were the studies, or what what made us decide not to go there? Yeah, so we did look at it early on in the uh, alternatives analysis phase of the project, and a couple of challenges there. One being that we didn't see a good opportunity uh, to get dedicated bus lanes between. Um, um, the, the airports and where we would be connecting from along our routes. So that was one issue. Another is that quite frankly, we didn't see necessarily a big ridership generator there. Um, there is a lot of parking at the airport. Um, in addition to that, um, this, it, accessing the airport as, as somebody using uh, the airlines um, would, would, uh, would actually be better served using like a flyaway type service where they could store their luggage on it. And, and so, our thought was that that would really be more of an appropriate service um, for the airport. I would also note that the airport is actually already pretty well served by transit. There's several bus lines that go, bus lines that go in there. Um, there's uh, about uh, three dozen uh, Metrolink and Amtrak trips that are made uh, through those stations every day. So overall, it is it is pretty well served, and um, and our project will connect to other transit services uh, that will be able to access the airport. All right. Thank you, Scott. Uh, again, moving moving on to our next questions. Again, we are uh, we're almost uh, going to wrap up this meeting. Again, hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get a little bit close to nine here. So we have Severin followed by Alec followed by Chris. So Severin, if you can please unmute uh, yourself, you're able to speak. Hi. 
Hi, uh, thanks for uh, giving us the opportunity to comment and ask our questions. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, let me just first say, uh, I like seeing the beautiful Boulevard elements being incorporated. Uh, I would like to see the center platforms uh, just because that's more intuitive and uh, better for kind of first time or infrequent writers. Um, I really wish there had been BRT when I graduated from Egoric High School and uh, started taking classes at PCC because uh, I would end up biking because it was faster and more reliable than our local buses. Uh, and if I had had BRT, it would have been a huge benefit to me. Uh, but my question is, uh, will there be bike parking provided at the station so a lot more people could use BRT if they could uh, park their bike before boarding the bus uh, and use the newly protected bike lanes that are going to be implemented? Uh, so that's my question, if there will be bike parking at the stations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Scott, uh, this is about uh, amenities uh, at, the, at the stations and bike parking. Is that, uh, uh, can you uh, answer that or address that if it's part of this or the first last mile plan as well? Yeah, bike parking at the stations is certainly the intent. Yeah, that's one of the amenities that we're looking to implement. And so I think as we uh, go through design and, 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 and kind of figure out exactly what the stations will look at and what amenities each one will have, we'll have more of an opportunity to flush out exactly what that uh, would look like. But yes, that is the intent. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving on, uh, Alec uh, Bart Bartrosa, followed by Chris S, followed by Jesse Salcedo. Alec, if you can unmute yourself, you're permitted to speak here. Yes, hi, thank you. My name is Alec Bartrosov. I'm a Glendale resident. I want to express my support for the beautiful boulevard proposals. Um, I also like the idea of grade separated bike lanes along that segment. Um, I also want to get confirmation from you uh, whether or not the existing bike lanes on Central and Glendale would be impacted as part of the, the, the central alignment in Glendale or not. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alec. Scott, uh, can you uh, address the uh, bike lanes on Central Boulevard with the proposed uh, BRT? Sure, yeah, and, and uh, my, my general understanding is that we would be maintaining largely the existing condition of the bike lanes that currently exist now. They're, they're not necessarily um, contiguous, I don't believe, on both sides of the street uh, for the full extent that we're on um, on that street. But Brett, do you wanna weigh in a little bit more on, on how that would work with the existing bike lanes? Um, they would remain because we're simply converting a lane. Yeah, so the existing uh, class two bike lanes would, would remain in effect. Okay, thank you. Let's go on to our next uh, folks on the line. We have Chris S, followed by Jesse Salcedo, followed by uh, Eclectic Los Angeles. So uh, Chris, if you can uh, unmute yourself here, you're permitted to unmute yourself. Hi, uh, thank you for taking the time to demonstrate the proposal. As a resident of Eagle Rock, I just wanted to express my uh, vehement approval of this project, especially the updates to the Eagle Rock section. And uh, Los Angeles desperately needs to move past the reliance on personal vehicles and focusing on transit and dedicated bike lanes as the way to create more accessible communities. The concerns about traffic are exaggerated, I think, by a local minority, and this project will be a boon to local businesses and contribute to the economic development of this vibrant corridor. My question is related to the conversion to uh, light rail. Is that being discussed or is this project being designed with the future conversion in mind? Thank you, was that your only question? Yep, that's it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Scott, what's the, uh, the possibility of this becoming a light rail eventually or is this something that's being considered? 
Yeah, on a high level, we, we have had some of those discussions and uh, some consideration, but I, I think overall, it would be important to sort of treat them as separate projects. I mean, they're, they're both uh, quite different in terms of what they involve, in terms of configuration right of way. Um, so, I mean, so it, it really, um, again, it would be largely treated as separate projects, but I mean, with the establishment of a BRT, it certainly does lend itself uh, to to an eventual, um, more of a likely eventual conversion to uh, to a light rail project. All right, thanks, Scott. Uh, okay, Jesse Salcedo, followed by uh, Eclectic Los Angeles, and then Hillary Norton. So, Jesse, uh, if you can unmute yourself, you're able to speak here. Yeah, hi, uh, Tito. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes. Great, thanks. Yeah, th thank you guys for staying on and, and getting another question. So, my question is actually stemming from or related to. Uh, Eagle Rock specific, I'm a resident and, and homeowner here, and my questions are related to the small business community. I know there's been a number of questions that come up as far as uh, the impact, and I was curious if you could elaborate a little bit or just share. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier about the Business Resource Center, the Business Interruption Fund, and I was just curious if you had, um, if there was some data. I, now, I understand that you mentioned the Metro Board is making those uh, those decisions, right? But I'm, I'm guessing that y'all would have some data or examples of when Metro has used those uh, resources and and uh, gotten approval from the board in past projects. And if you were planning to share that data with the small business community, especially the folks who are going to be impacted, right? And uh, all, all small businesses, not just restaurants here, but just wondered if you're going to plan to share that with the small business community. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, so, uh, in essence, the, the the programs that are offered by Metro for uh, for small businesses and uh, and uh, assistance programs such as Eat Shop Play Business Resource Center, uh, and then again the, the Business Interruption Fund are pretty much um, you know uh, Eat Shop Play and the Business Resource Center are 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 are, pri are pro programs that we offer for most construction programs. Uh, Vincent Interruption Fund, I think most recently was uh, enacted in the uh, Crenshaw LAX project, uh, the light rail project. Again, uh, and you know, again, that's on a case by case basis by the Metro Board. And again, that could be requested, uh, you know, and, and made known to the Metro Board uh, by community and also, uh, you know, just uh, ask for additional evaluation for, for such a, uh, a need now just so you know that right now the business interruption fund is being um is uh being put on pause because it's uh we're unable to tell the differences right now between impacts that are from construction or covid uh but again uh, you know we don't anticipate covid to, to continue on um any you know too much longer than you know uh, hopefully this year uh, which is you know well beyond the time that we will need for this project when it goes into construction if it goes into construction so uh, yeah, Eat Shop Play is available on a Metro website, again, uh, metro.net slash Eat Shop Play. Uh, and the Business Resource Center is also another another op opportunity that uh, uh, Metro has on their website that we, you know, we can always supply the uh, the links to that to shows and shares pretty much what type of resources are available. So hopefully uh, that's uh, that provides a little bit more insight on that, uh, which, you know, when we get closer to construction, uh, that's where the construction team comes in. and and provides those additional resources and, and access to to this type of impacts, which they go in and assess with every business as to uh, the type of uh, ways that they can participate in this program. All right, so we have uh, uh, Eclectic Los Angeles, followed by Hillary Norton, followed by uh, Catherine Oyster. Catherine, you are our last person. Uh, we had noted that earlier on, so just let me know we're in the last three people. So uh, Eclectic Los Angeles, if you can, where are you? 
Eclectic, yes, if you can speak. I can hear you. Great. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm Eclectic. This is my email. My name is Pamela Brule, and I am a longtime resident and homeowner in Eagle Rock. My home is within just a few blocks of the major district of the business district of Colorado. So I'm on Colorado Boulevard uh, quite a lot. Um, and as, as I believe um, G mentioned, there are thousands of homes or hundreds of homes anyway, that border north and south of Colorado Boulevard who come down onto Colorado Boulevard every single day to do their shopping, picking up their kids, going to and from the freeways, which we know are on both east and west of Colorado Boulevard. I just want to say right off, I am not against a metro coming into Eagle Rock. I think beautification of the boulevard would be fantastic. And I am not one of these people, not in my own neighborhood. I have driven, I have not driven, excuse me, I've been on Metro a few times, a number of times actually going into downtown from Highland Park. So I know there is a but and a however coming. And because I I just am wondering how they could eat, how, why, first of all, why Burbank, Glendale, North Hollywood doesn't seem to have the same issues that a lot of the residents are having about this issue of one lane on Colorado Boulevard. It is basically going to be, and, I, and I'm not even exaggerating, and I think that some of these, the people from MTA, a couple of these people need to come here and live here for a few days to see the traffic that is on Colorado Boulevard at any given day, usually between three and seven in the afternoon. And the bike lanes, I'm all for bike lanes, bikers, I'm not one of them, but I'm all for them. I'm for safety for people, but they are underutilized. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. They guess they should be there for the people that do need them. But as Chris just mentioned, saying that there is a vocal minority against this is not a vocal minority. In fact, there is a very vocal majority that are freaked out about this one lane on Colorado Boulevard. And I find it interesting that other neighborhoods are not so concerned, but you're having all of these people who are very concerned in this one area of Los Angeles because Eagle Rock is a smaller community. And I think that everybody would understand and acknowledge that Eagle Rock is a smaller community and that Colorado is the main um, boulevard, the main place that people go up and down on a steady basis every single day. People that live here are not going to be using the metro line to go do their shopping, or very few will anyway, to go do their grocery shopping at Trader Joe's. They don't want to carry back up their streets four bags of groceries with a kid in tow. If you have a few things, great. We'll come on down. We'll take a ride on it. I think it would be nice to take a ride into Pasadena or whatever. But it is going to be a nightmare. And if you don't think, because I already see it happening during rush hour, if you don't think people are going to divert their traffic onto Hill Drive and Yosemite, you're dreaming. You need to live here and see what this, how the impact will be if you lessen one lane on Colorado Boulevard. I didn't care if they lowered it, lowered the lanes from three lanes to two lanes, the bike path fine. You know, the reason Colorado Boulevard was such a, a big street was because it did have, at one point many, many years ago, it had a cable car going down the middle of it. So that's the reason why it was such a wide street to begin with. 
So the two lanes is fine. But I'm honest to God, I am telling you, as a person who has lived here for 34 years, this one lane is going to cause so many problems. And my question is this, because I've, a lot of, I've been listening to this now for a few hours. My question is this, because a lot of my questions have been already answered. But my question is, why do I get the feeling that when I hear people talk about this one lane issue and the traffic and the cluster that it's going to cause during particularly rush hour traffic, and I don't care about the walkways, the beautification, great, wonderful, but this one lane is going to cause so many issues here that because more people live here than ever and and it's it's going to be an impossibility to get around people are going to divert and they're going to divert to the neighborhoods and people are going to be screaming and yelling about that so i want to know because i've been listening to a lot and i've been watching scott and i've been watching brent and i get the feeling that you don't care do you care about what we think in eagle rock is there is there a, is there a care at all that what you care care about how this one lane is going to impact the neighborhood that's my question do you really care because is this being is this are these are these are these are these zoom meetings just to show us what you're going to do but really don't care about what people think or feel or what is it about I mean, I don't understand because I don't see after the meetings I've been to previously and this meeting, I don't see it registering. And I'm wondering if you care and if there, if this is a done deal, if this is a done deal, then why are we even here? That's my question. Thank you. Um, again, uh, we are here listening to everybody and we're taking all comments again. Uh, this is not a done deal. The Metro Board will make the final decision. And again, until they say that this is project is happening, that's when we can say this project is, is a done deal. It is not. Um, this is all in the planning stages where this is uh, strictly a meeting uh, to talk about an update and to take your comments and uh, questions, answer your questions here. So um, thank you for your questions. We, we hear you loud and clear, and we understand that your concerns uh, about, uh, about the one lane uh, conversion in Eagle Rock. So uh, appreciate it. Okay, we're down to our last two questions. I know more people are, are raising their hands, but uh, we already called the last two folks. Uh, so it is Hillary Norton, uh, followed by Catherine Oyster. Again, uh, Hillary, you will be next. And then the uh, last person will be Catherine. Thank you again. Uh, if you can unmute yourself, you're able to speak here. Yes, uh, good evening. Um, I'm Hillary Norton, and I have been a longtime resident uh, 27 years this year a former president of Terra, uh, worked uh, former chief of staff for the city councilman. And I'm uh, also right now the current uh, chairwoman of the California Transportation Commission. I, I spend a lot of time walking in my neighborhood uh, and shopping at the local businesses. If you saw my face, if you're a business owner and you will recognize me because I shop on Eagle Rock full of businesses all the time. Um, Patricia Neal, you know who I am. I'm, I'm at Swark almost every morning. I really support this new look at how we're gonna have transportation on the boulevard. I like the plan because I think this idea of having left side boarding is an exciting innovation. I wanna make sure that we can have more and more people in our neighborhoods travel 
without having to get in the car, more students like the high schoolers along um, with Glendale and Eagle Rock High and Occidental and PCC students travel without having to use a car. And when we talk about um, that we're only gonna have one travel lane, we're not gonna have one travel lane. We're gonna have one car lane. And, and, and we're gonna have travel lanes that are a bus lane for travel, car lanes for travel, and bike lanes for travel, and sidewalks for travel. We're just traveling differently. And yes, I go to Trader Joe's, I go to all these places. Uh, you know, I, I go onto York and there are places where York is down in one lane. And yeah, it's slower, but you know what? The, that is a business community that's thriving. Pedestrians are thriving on the street. It's full of people. And I, I would like to see a prettier, safer, and a commute route along Colorado where we can get to the places we also wanna go, like Pasadena, Burbank, Glendale, and so many places where there are new jobs that people want to get to, new places to shop, new places to be. And I think it's only gonna bring more people to Eagle Rock and be customers because every single one of those 35,000 people that's gonna be riding the bus, they're gonna be passing Eagle Rock and looking at the new businesses and thinking next time I'm gonna, or right now, I'm gonna get off and I'm gonna shop here, I'm gonna eat here and I'm gonna get back on the bus. I just think we should have that opportunity to try the, um, the bus pilot, but let's do it fair. Let's have um, the bus pilot with the ability to make left turns, with a bus pilot that has um, good options for all the buses to use that. And one other thing I'm really excited about is that that bus only lane will be able to have fire trucks and ambulance services use that. Because I have actually seen the fire trucks and the ambulances get stuck behind cars and people wouldn't move. And I would love to see us be ha able to have our first responders move faster with lanes of their own. So I, I wanna commend you uh, all for spending this time listening because I know that you've seen this plan change and because people have been listening. So I feel like that last question about, do you really care isn't fair. We are all here because we care. And this is only gonna be the beginning of studying more through the EIR. So I look forward to having more of these things studied now. And uh, I thank you for listening. And I thank you all for listening because I think we've learned a lot from each other in this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, again, thank you for those of you who are still with us. Again, um, we're, we are down to our last uh, uh, question, which is uh, Catherine Oyster again. Um, uh, after this, then we'll wrap up and and uh, and uh, talk about next steps, which I think we already discussed uh, before the Q&A. But again, we are uh, well past the, our fourth hour presentation. And uh, again, I want to thank those of you who have been here from beginning to end. Uh, Catherine, you are our last question. Uh, if you can please uh, unmute yourself, you're able to, to speak now. Uh, hello, this is Catherine's husband, uh, Dan. Thank you, Mr. Corona. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll just talk real quick. We're a um, long time, I guess, 10 year Eagle Rock residents. Uh, we live on the Eastern end uh, off of Los Robles in Colorado. Um, 
what we uh, do support about this is actually we wouldn't mind traffic going a little slower because once cars go past, like, I guess the business center of Lolita towards our end, they floor it to the freeway um, a slip ramp and the other direction coming down the hill and you know we have a toddler and it's it can be a little scary walking along Colorado with how fast the cars go or walking our dog um, so we like the idea of the greenery the longer bike lanes wider sidewalks that all sounds great um, uh, question being um, our little neighborhood about all the like uh, U-turns and left-hand turns, even thinking about businesses like Trader Joe's, you know, coming from the east end down, from what I saw of each plan, it looks like there's a solid median there. I'm wondering, will there, or is it just, there's a red bus lane and you can still turn left at certain intersections, or do we have to make U-turns, whatever it is, every eight blocks, eight to 10 blocks? It's what it looked like. Can we, um, and the one? Can we make U-turns? Yeah, and then can we make U-turns? I'm assuming we will have to make U-turns given the one lane of traffic in each direction. Um, and then the second question would be how long will the construction take? Like, are we talking like we'll be in Because this is, seems like such a huge project. Is it like two years or more. Um, thanks so much. Uh, thank you, uh, Scott. Uh, the, uh, our last questions are basically about uh, left turns um, in the center running portion of the, uh, of the alignment and Eagle Walk. Uh, and uh, will cars be able to turn left uh, or enter the bus lane to make a left turn? Or uh, will U-turns be permitted and uh, available uh, in certain parts to, to, to make that last connection? Yeah, so Brent, would you mind elaborating on, on sort of the, uh, the thinking yeah. behind a number of the left turns that we would pr propose to keep uh, open and sort of how they're spaced out and, and the question about the U-turns? Right, so um, all the major intersections will be having turn lanes as they presently do today. Uh, about half of all the intersections will be um, unchanged as far as whether you can make turns or open to cross traffic. And uh, maybe there'll be about half a dozen that, that uh, would have some movements restricted. But, uh, and then there would be maybe, um, maybe about a third of the locations would be closed at some of the minor intersections closed to cross traffic and left turns. The, left turning movements would be accommodated at left turn base. The left turn base would all be signalized and uh, the timing plans would provide enough time to accommodate the uh, projected levels of U-turns and left turns so they would be operating well and we'd be eliminating the um, sort of um, open gaps in the median that presently exist where cars can just sort of shoot out, you know, without being protected by a pocket. So it would operate more safely. Um, but all of these locations, this is all just um, preliminary design concept at this point. And every uh, location, as far as whether the median is open or closed, is subject to further evaluation as we move forward in the final design process. 
right. Thanks, Brent. And the last question that was asked was about construction. Scott, how long do we anticipate construction to take? And I guess I'll add a little to that too. It will construction be, uh, you know, it, done by segments or will they're going to do one in and the other and just keep it like that for the whole alignment? Um, I think that's another question that people have about construction. Yeah, I, I think at this point it's too early to, to determine how the construction would sort of be phased and, and what elements would be constructed where first. Um, the overall span across the corridor would be a, a couple of years, but that doesn't necessarily mean that one stretch is going to take that long. Um, it'll it'll likely be done in phases where you maybe do one side of the street at one point and then the other side of the street um, at another point. So you're still able to maintain access to businesses and residents as you go through construction. Um, and again, as we get closer to construction, a, a detailed construction plan will be developed and, and will be uh, done in coordination with uh, the city and the community. All right, thank you, Scott. And uh, with that, let's uh, it's time to wrap up this meeting. I wanna thank you all who are still on with us. Uh, and uh, for all of you who asked questions, again, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for being a part of this four hour meeting. Um, but the next steps are in May, 2021. We're, uh, this year, we're still anticipating to go to the Metro board. Uh, to present uh, what we presented tonight. Um, again, the board will make the final decision on this. They can uh, accept uh, everything that we presented tonight. They can make changes. They can, you know, it's their opportunity to do that. And that's where we also invite you to participate. Uh, then after that, uh, we will, uh, the project will continue on to the final environmental impact report uh, and uh, have that available uh, sometime in the late summer, maybe early fall. Uh, and then uh, we'll continue to working on potential design refinements during the uh, preliminary engineering. So with that, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And for those of you who stuck around, uh, we appreciate uh, your, your input and uh, your thoughts about, uh, about this project and, you, and your concerns about uh, some of the elements that we were presenting as well today. So uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, again, uh, go to our project website, uh, metro.net slash nohopassbrt. Uh, for more information, uh, give us a, about a day or two to upload all this information. I, I you know, I, I can't uh, address how quickly we will be able to get all this up, but uh, hopefully we will uh, be able to do it as soon as possible. So uh, thank you everybody again, and uh, you have a good night. Okay, bye-bye. Shows I care Every turn of the pedal Cleans the air Green in the green I'm saving the planet Just like my friends Dale, Sean, Toby, and Janet No greenhouse gas A tiny carbon footprint Up your ass I'm on a motherfucking bike Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bike Talk If you want to hear more Go to kpfk.org navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 